Are you ready? I am so Are you ready? ready. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can't hear you. Are you ready? Hmm? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Ready? Yeah. Ready? Mm. Ready? <laughs> yeah. You get less enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. It'll get less enthusiastic more he asks. <laughs> All right. We're going to start. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is David Dedrick. I wasn't ready. Sorry. Oh. Next like, time, ask me if I'm ready beforehand. Okay. I will. Okay. Are you ready? Hmm? I forgot what I was going to say. Good. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Seeky Dragon. That's Dave. <laughs> I'm David Dedrick. Okay, go ahead. You you host this oh, one. Oh, I should do it real? Yeah. For real this time. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. Hi. And? I've already said my name. You did? I don't know. Ian. I don't think you did. Okay, hi. I said, I've said it 413 other times. Yeah. But it's also written on whatever you're looking at, uh, whatever you're listening to the song. Uh, that's true. It is sort of redundant. I don't even know how we identify ourselves anymore. <sighs> which one of us is the sneaky and which is the dragon? I've never known. <laughs> I have, sorry, I've just been, I was overwhelmed by ennui. Tyne Daly, Cagney or Lacey? Which one was she? She was Cagney. All right. Come on. You know the blonde one's going to be Lacey. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Let me right. take a look. I'm kind of curious. You talk about some bullshit while I look this I'll up. I'll talk about some bullshit while you look it up. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. Let me just throw a little plug in while, before we start this show, which is that uh, our new episode of Fansplainers came out a little late, but it did come out. And uh, you can go and listen to it. We talk about a movie that both Ian and I liked a lot. So it's more like an enthusiastic Fansplainers rather than a critical Fansplainers, which sometimes we have critical ones, which, to be honest with you, the critical ones are probably better than the... Uh, oh. What's that? All right, sure. Whatever you say. Well, just in terms, it's kind of fun to like try to help the movie out a little bit, make some... Dis- so you're saying th- don't listen to the most recent one? No, I, if, you know, it's still fun to listen to us talk about movies. It's okay. Just, you know, in terms of... Uh, Tyne like, Daly was Lacey. Tyne Daly was Lacey. That's right. Mary Beth Lacey. Dang it all. Yep. Huh. Well, there you go. I was wrong, everyone. I didn't know the answer to a show I've never seen. So anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of uh, we'll Was back. It Cagney or Lacey? <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week and see if uh, you can uh, guess which is Rizzoli and which is Isles. Who's that? I don't know. It was another show. Okay. Rizzoli and Isles, I think. Rizzoli and Isles, that was called? Yeah. Who was 10-speed? Who was Brown Shoe? Oh, well, I know that one. All right. Who was 10-speed? 10-speed was uh, Ben Vereen and Brown Shoe was uh, Jeff Goldblum. Very oh, Well, really? Okay. Go ahead. Isn't it Jeff Goldblum? I, I got to look it up. Why are you looking at me? We've seen the show. But, but who is who? Who Who is Brown Shoe? You think Brown Shoe is... Brown Shoe is, is Jeff Goldblum. And Ten right. Speed is Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen is the fast-talking con man. And Jeff Goldblum is the, uh, you know, kind of unsuccessful businessman type who's trying to become a private detective. All right. Well, there's no way of knowing. All right. Why is there no way of knowing? Ah, sure. Okay. Uh, 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 Ten Speed was Ben Vereen. That's what I said. Hmm? Oh, but here's a, here's a better question for you. Yeah. Who was... Oh, I can't remember that. I can't remember now. Forget about it. Forget about it. I was going to ask <laughs> it's about a good story. That, that movie. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, though. Lightning? No. Lightning McQueen? No, 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 no. The one with... with uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot? Yes. That's okay. the one. With Clint Eastwood and Jeff Bridges. All right. What's, what is that one? Gordon Lightfoot was Lightfoot. That is true. And? Thunderbolt? Was... Uh, was uh, thun- No, Edmund Fitzgerald was the wreck. Hmm. <laughs> What's wrong? Again, first 10 minutes of every episode, <laughs> zoop, right through them, and uh, just get to whatever we You would uh, miss this say. gold, everyone. Yeah, absolutely gold, 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 gold. That's right. Did you know that um, when Michael Cimino, who directed um, that movie, 
Lightning. Lightfoot. What's it called again? Lightfoot and something other? Anyway. Uh, Lightfoot doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> and he directed that film uh, for Clint Eastwood, for, the, for Clint Eastwood's production company, Malpaso. Okay. He used that when he was doing Heaven's Gate and it was turning into such a disaster. Mm. And he was so far behind. And the movie company was threatening to take away the film from him. He was like pleading with the with the producer. And he's like, well, don't you know, like when I was doing that movie, mm-hmm. Lightning Foot and what's his face? Uh, he's like, I was doing like, I was doing 10 setups a day or like some amazing amount of setups per day, like shots per day. And they're like, yeah, because you're behind schedule. And Clint Eastwood gave you a hard ending and he was going to leave if you didn't. Mm. He, would, he was not just saying he was going to leave. He was going to leave the day that the shoot, shoot was supposed to end. So you had to do all those setups. You know, they couldn't, but yeah, they just didn't have enough um, chutzpah to, to make a hard make a hard ending for him. So, um, Hardcastle and McCormick. Uh, so, what... Uh, <laughs> make a Hardcastle and McCormick? Yeah, who was okay. Hardcastle, who was McCormick? Who was in that show? Uh, Hardcastle and McCormick. Uh, here's a better question for you. Okay. <laughs> okay, who was, that's nice. Who was Simon? That's nice. Who was Simon and who was Simon? Ah, uh, okay. All right, Hardcastle and McCormick. Uh, car. That's the first thing that comes up. Their car. Uh, here's here's my question to you. Though, yes, Dave. please. What was uh, Heaven's Gate about? The movie Heaven's Gate. Yeah, it was about a fight between uh, homesteaders and and the cattle barons. Okay, and what was the problem? It was just too damn long. The problem with the movie is that it's in it's very long. It's kind of kind of tedious. Okay, and the very long battle sequence is incomprehensible because it's mostly like a lot of noise and dust, and I guess. Chimino wanted to look very real, but instead, you know, the problem with reality is that it's it's for kind of unimpressive. Okay. You know, like when you watch a movie, you're not really looking for like reality. Like every night you see a sunset and you go, meh. Yeah. Okay. Because if you saw a movie, you saw a sunset in a movie, it would be like a step above that. Mm. You know, like it'd be like, because that's a movie. Movies like heighten reality. But the way he filmed the movie is it's, it's just, it's, well, it's just a mess as well. It's a big mess. And then it has Chris Christopherson, and people might disagree with me, but Chris Christopherson, not a great actor. He's like a good kind of character. I think I think Blade one, two, and three would disagree with you. Well, we can have an argument with. I guess I can have an argument. Okay, who is Blade one and who is Blade two? <laughs> well, they're all Gillette. They're all they're, they're all the three. Gillette Blades. All the, the first three, Blade yeah. cuts. And yeah. The second Blade uh, cuts even closer. That yeah. pulls the thing, and the third Blade yeah. uh, has Ryan Reynolds kills you. Kills oh, okay. You. Oh, has Ryan Reynolds yeah. as well. That's right. <laughs> so oh, he came so close to being Deadpool every time. So close. Every so so, so close. Wise cracking, you know, uh, Marvel character. Here we are. You no, it's not quite. Okay, now you are Deadpool. Oh, you get oh no, almost no, really. Yeah. And then finally, he gets to be Deadpool. And it's like good Twice. for him. Oh, and then he's like, oh, now you're Green Lantern. You're wise cracking. Oh no, we don't know what's gonna Then he gets to be it. So good for him. The movie fourth that, time is the charm. Fourth time is the charm. Uh, and then the movie costs a lot to make. Yeah, it was made by a small studio by a United Artists, and so who. We make the Pink Panther cartoons. And the movies. Oh, they also make movies. Yeah, yeah but mostly the Pink Panther cartoons. And they cartoons. Did, did a lot of Woody Allen movies in the 70s. Okay. Because the idea of United Artists was that you could basically bring a finished product to them and they would distribute it. Because it originally was started by Mary Pickford, Douglas Fairbanks, who was her husband, and Charlie Chaplin. Oh, okay. As a way to distribute their movies. Three nobodies. Three big nobodies. Because, say, unlike Buster Keaton, who was forced to sign to MGM by his cruel uh step or cruel father-in-law slash manager and then lose all autonomy charlie chaplin and pickford and fairbanks they could fund their own films and then have distribution through their through their company 
Mm. And so that's what United Artists became sort of like a clearinghouse for movies that came almost as a whole package and then they would just could distribute it for people. And the problem with Heaven's Gate was it leveraged the company to such a degree because it was just like bleeding money. And Trevino was just kept like, you know, he just shot forever. And it was a hugely expensive film. You know, and he came into it with like a big reputation because he'd done The Deer Hunter. But that that's really it, right? Besides 10 Speed and Lightfoot, he didn't have much else to his to his um you know on his resume and heaven's gate was also one of the worst things that you could have as a director that is the script that's been in the drawer mm. waiting for that chance to get made i can name another movie there was a script in a drawer waiting for a chance to get made and so what you think of that movie toys mm. not so great is it yeah but he had it sitting around in, in a drawer like waiting for the opportunity to make it and then when he had enough leverage he made it and then everyone said the same thing that you're saying meh there's a lot of there's a lot of issues about toys, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, by the way, Hardcastle and McCormick. Yes, it was Brian Keith and Daniel Hugh Kelly. I okay, so Hardcastle is Brian Keith, okay. and McCormick is the other guy, Kelly. Uh, that would be correct. He would be because you know Brian Keith is going to be hard, Hardcastle. Okay, so his name is Mark McCormick. Yeah, uh, David Hugh Kelly's character, but it's Skid is his uh, nickname. Hmm. So he's Skid Mark. Skid Mark. <laughs> That's his. That's the, it ran three seasons with a with a skid mark. Yeah. So it should be called Hardcastle and Skid Mark. <laughs> In fact, I bet it was. Don't you bet it was? Like if there's a character called Skid Mark, there's no yeah. way that wasn't in the title. Yeah. For like the longest time. <laughs> that's really weird. The the base Wait, also. Oh, yep. Also. Yep. Uh. So so Brian Keith. Sure. He's he's Hardcastle. Yeah. But he has a nickname. Hardcase. Why? Yeah, exactly. The hard castles were great. Hard castles enough. Yeah, you don't need no, like a hard hard case hard castle. Well, that <laughs> sounds still, terrible. Doesn't work at all. Listen, Stephen J. Canal, they can't all be winners. No, no, they can't all be the A team. They can't all be the commish. Did he do the commish? Oh, Dave, what didn't Stephen J. Canal do? He did a lot of stuff. He did a lot of stuff. One of them was good. Dave. Yep. Do you think it's time for? The list of the week. <laughs> the list. Bump, 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 bump. All right. We got a list of the week. We're list gonna of be the week, everyone. About, Here we go. What, th- what that, did Stephen J. Cannell what create? What did Stephen Cannell create? Well, first of all, uh, yeah. 1973 created a show called Chase. You don't know it. I don't know it. None of us know it. Yeah. He was busy writing for Ironside and Adam 12. Adam 12 is a good show. But uh, the first show that he... Uh, Co-created, yeah, uh, is one. It's a favorite of yours. Uh, Rockford Files. Chris. That would be co-created with who, Dave? With uh, his name was uh, H. Shoot, um, uh, Roy Huggins. Roy Huggins, yes, yeah, Roy Huggins. Kiss. Who was um, uh, James Garner's manager? Absolutely correct. Uh, so uh, he did a he did another show like later on, and uh, this was one where it was very important to keep your eye on the sparrow. That's what the song told oh, us. Oh, Beretta. To. That'd be correct. Huh? Then he co-created another show with Roy Huggins. Yeah. That was a show you're probably not going to remember. City of Angels. Okay. Do you remember it? Of course nope. you don't. Nope. Why would you? Uh, then. You throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Next one. Yep. Well, uh, I'll tell you something. It's uh, not Richard Brockman P.I., is it? Look, brother. Yeah. Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And who did he co-create that with? 
he co-created that with uh, Stephen uh, Boschko. Oh, okay. Well, later do uh, NYPD Blue huh. and uh, Hill Street Blues and whatnot. Uh, he then created a uh, a show that was one of my dad's favorite shows. Yeah. Though my dad also really enjoyed Rockford Files. Yeah. Baba Black Sheep. Oh, yeah. I remember watching that show. It was good. All right. With Robert Conrad. Right. He then created... That was about people flying the Corvair airplane. What's the Corvair? The, it was a type of airplane that was flown in... I think mostly in the Pacific Theater. It must have been... I mean, it must have been thrown in, flown in the, in the European one. But, but it had those wings that were kind of crooked. Like it went down a little bit and then came up again. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of shaped like a check mark almost. Those how uh, how long? Or is did... it the, I said Corvair. I'm pretty sure it was a Corvair, not Corsair. Okay. I could how uh, how long did Richie Brockelman run? Oh, a week. It's five episodes. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, That's a week. The guy who played Richie Brockelman, Dennis uh, Dennis Dugan, uh, directed uh, me in a very short scene in Happy Gilmore, and I was thrilled because I liked him in Rockford Files. He's very good. He's in, he's in one of the very best episodes, double episode one where they they do the Egyptian con on. Mm, on uh, that is a good one. That's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, How talk. does a con work? Just watch that episode and you'll see. They even fund the con within the episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the Sting, uh, but better. I haven't seen the Sting, Sting for a long time, so I'm not going to... Much better than the Sting, too. All right, well, that's You know the, why? That's because fair. you can't sting twice, because if you sting yeah, twice, yeah. you're dead. That's yeah. a corpse is stinging you. That's B rules. <laughs> okay, so uh, after Baba Black Sheep, he yeah. created uh, Stone. You don't know it. No nope. one knows it. Nope. Uh, then it was Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. Sure. That was the first uh, crater, first series as an independent. Okay. Uh, after that, one of my uh, old-timey favorites. Um, it's about someone, and you were uh, going to look at what happened to him. You couldn't believe it yourself. Oh, America's Greatest Hero. That would be correct. Greatest American Hero. Oh, yeah. Absolutely correct. Uh, then, I didn't realize he created, created the Rousters. Ah. You don't know it. Nope. Why would you know it? Why should I? Then we're going for uh, one you've mentioned already. I did? Yeah, yeah. You love it when this plan comes together. Oh, the 18. That's actually correct. But you... Did 18 came before Magnum P.I.? Did he create Magnum P.I.? Oh, I thought he did. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, not seen any Magnum P.I. on here at all. Oh, I thought he did, because um, Tom Selleck was a regular on the, the last few seasons of, of The Rucker Files. That is correct. We will look that As up. Lance White. After we get through our enormous list, Dave. <laughs> we are only to 1983 uh, right sorry. now. We haven't even got to the to the smart guy, wise guy. Wise guy. All right, we'll get to that. Okay. Then we got uh, ourselves Hardcastle and McCormick. Uh-huh. Then we got uh, Hunter. Oh, yeah. Then we got Riptide. Then we got The Last Precinct. Uh. Then Stingray, which I'm sure you would confuse with Riptide. Tell me the difference between Riptide and Stingray. You can't. Stingray has marionation. That's a different Stingray. Oh, I'm sorry. Then we're uh, going for J.J. Starbuck. Again, they were just throwing shows at him. You don't know this one. (laughs) Then you're right. It was Wise Guy, which was shot in Vancouver. Yes, with Ken Wall. The surprisingly good show that uh, got uh, the other really good dramatic uh, Jerry Lewis performance. Oh, really? After King of Comedy. Oh, I didn't know. He was a gangster on it and did a really nice job. After that, 21 Jump Street. I'm in the first season, briefly. Um, (laughs) Then Sunny Spoon. Sunny Spoon. Exactly, right? Uh, Remember that one? No, you don't. Top of the Hill. Then Booker. Booker was the handsome guy yes. on 21 Jump Street. Uh, uh, the different than Johnny Depp. Yes. He was way more handsome than Johnny Depp. Oh. Uh, and, uh, I and, thought Johnny Depp was a heartthrob of that show. He certainly was. And then Booker came along and everyone went, take a hike. <laughs> and then Was he the replacement for Johnny Depp? Because Johnny Depp wanted may, to be a movie Well, star? They, did, they did shows around the same time. Oh, okay, but yeah, okay. Johnny Depp was on his way out. And so mm. we needed a Booker. But then they spun Booker off. And it was like, no, we don't want an individual Booker. Yeah. And, and, and there you go. And then Booker did a movie called uh, wasn't uh, I want a Tomcat? I want to say Top Cat, but of course it's not. That's a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yes. 
Uh, but I had a friend of mine in it, and uh, th- there was a sex scene with her and uh, the fella. Um, oh. Yeah, she was happy with it, so g- good on her. Then Broken <laughs> Badges. Broken Badges, uh, af- okay. After that, uh, tried The Great Pretender. It was an unsold pilot. Didn't work. Uh, oh, uh, are things turning south? No, they're not. South for him. It's no, over. they're not, sir. It's over for him. Street Justice. <gasps> Street Justice is Street coming Justice. off, okay. which if I remember correctly... yeah. And I'm, I might not be. It was a judge. <laughs> yeah. But when the law went wrong, yeah. he would be uh, a, a vigilante okay. afterwards and he would go out and he would judge that person themselves and kick their ass. Huh. Street justice, I believe. Silk stockings. I believe this was during a, a time that was, uh, I think on CBS, crime time after prime time. I see. And they would have a series of uh, crime-type shows after their prime uh-huh. time series. And was this a wealthy person who would uh, solve crimes? Uh, silk stockings? Yeah. Or was it a, a lady? Oh, this is a very good question. One that we should look up later on. Okay. Uh, I, I Save all your questions for the end. Okay. <laughs> then, it was the, then it was The Commish, which was again shot commish, here in Vancouver. Sure. And my wife is an extra in some episodes of The Commish. Oh, okay. Uh, with, um, what's his name? The guy from? Michael Chiklis. Chiklis yes. Michael Chiklis. That's right. Uh, before he did stuff that people liked. Uh, then we got uh, Palace Guard. Uh, the Commish got, was a fairly popular show, I think. It, it was, but it was uh, not not well respected. It was no shield. It was no the shield. Yeah, sir, the shield. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Um, Left then, off the uh, then Hat Squad. Hat Squad. Okay, a, a historical show based in L.A. Right. Caesar's Challenge, Traps, Hawkeye, Marker, then Prophet. Sure, likes these one one word names. And uh, that's that's the end of it. He did do an acting job in 1997. Where he was in Diagnosis Murder. Huh. So there we go. Stephen uh, J. Cannell did and they a said, lot of things. This man killed his own career. Silk Stockings. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, this was part of the late night uh, crime time after prime time programming <laughs> okay. package. It yeah. portrays the lives of two detectives who solve sexual crimes of passions, oh. which they call silk stockings, among the ultra-rich of Palm Beach, Florida, ah. though most episodes were shot in San Diego. Naturally. That's right. But yeah, it was uh, sexy crimes. Sexy, sexy crimes. Did you have, did you have another question? That's like question that show, um, CSI Miami, that was filmed in uh, like Santa Barbara and stuff like that. Oh, was it? Yeah. God damn them. <laughs> God, it's called movie magic. God damn them. What do you think J.J. Starbuck was about? J.J. Starbuck was, wasn't that the character from, no, I'm getting mixed up. I was going to say the A-Team. But no, Starbuck was, a, the actor played Starbuck on Battlestar Galactica. It so is, this was a continuation of his character from Battlestar Galactica, where he yep. retires from his career as a mm-hmm. as a, p- a fighter pilot. Very close. And he opens a bar on, in a, like in a beach area. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a kind of resort community and there's you know an assortment of people that come in and out and stuff like that and he, right. always, he always gets into scrapes sure and uh, solves problems yeah okay no no that's right so uh it's um <laughs> it's a fellow who's a billionaire it's not te- wrong he's a billionaire texas uh uh oil man oh okay uh who gets uh who who there, there was a the plane crash yeah. and his wife uh and son were killed oh. uh and uh, now he solves crimes why? Because the plane crash, the plane was a murderer. I guess so. He became a changed man. I see. And he uh, he solved solved crimes after that. What was the show with the guy 
who had a big mustache and wore a white cowboy hat and drove a this fancy old fashioned car with kind of like the valves coming out of or not the valves. So one where the eyes of Texas plays as a music when uh, when he honks his horn because he does. Okay, he's got a yeah, he's got two ten gallon hats, cowboy boots, fancy western shirts, drives a flashy limousine with steer horns on the hood. Is this who we're talking? about? Is it a about? white limousine? Well, I, I can't tell that from this description. Oh, okay. But, no, uh, I don't know. It didn't sound quite the same. All right. Well, I'm going to look up right now JJ Starbuck and see if that's the case. And uh, and uh, we, we will see. Okay. We will see. Because it would be weird if he had another one like that. Oh, and the thing, he did it. I'm just saying someone did it. Oh, just somebody. Yeah. It's just yeah. a somebody. Because I'm the guy who thought that, Mag- that he created Magnum P.I. It was a white car. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is probably right. JJ Starbuck. Oh. Yeah, I think you're I think you're correct. But now I want to see Magnum P.I. now. <laughs> Which hope you're course, all enjoying this uh, Trump down memory lane, everyone. Which, well, listen, Magnum PI is yeah. as fresh as the day is long because it's, fresh a, there's a new a daisy. There's a new series of Magnum PIs that are out right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it's a new series. It got all rebooted. Doesn't have a mustache. Oh, it's not. It's not him though. It's Mag- it's not. It's not, Ma- it's not Tom Selleck. So though. you're saying it's not your. Uh, it's not your. Uh, it's your not, father's Magnum PI. It's not my father's Magnum PI. It was created by Donald P. Uh, Blissario. And oh. Glenn A. Larson. Both sound made up. No, they're... Yeah, okay. Do you remember the season where it ended with him dead? No. Yeah. It ended with him dead. Hmm. Uh, he died. Yeah. And then he, his ghost okay. uh, went to heaven. And then uh, he went, uh, walked around and finished up some business on Earth. Yeah. And then he was like, you know what? I think I'm all right. I think everything's good. Then he turned around. And I think he like walked into the sea or something and floated up to heaven. And that was the end. And it was like... Well, that was the end of Magnum. He uh, got killed, and he's uh, dead, and he solved all his business on Earth. And then they decided to do another season, and he just woke up from it, and he was okay. <laughs> I did not know that. Yep. Oh, it was all yep. a dream. Yep. It was all a heavenly dream. That sounds like a show that ran out of ideas. A little bit. One of my favorite ones was a Magnum P.I. is fighting like a, a martial arts guy. Okay. And he's super, super fast. He's a super good martial artist. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the episode, it's like the end of the episode, and t- Tom Selleck has his gun, and he's like, no one's, that f- no one's that fast. And so this guy has a tell. He'll blink before he strikes, and so he blinks, and then the screen goes black, and that's the end of the episode. So you're like, whoa, what happened? Did he shoot him? We don't know, because it ended. And then the next episode, Magnum's dead. And he goes to heaven again. He's not going <laughs> to heaven. <laughs> Takes care of all his business on yeah. it. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a gunshot sound, but it's, it's, it goes black, though. I remember that. Okay. We're thinking, that's a really cool ending to a show. How many people did Magnum kill on the show? Were you just like... I don't think he killed very many people. Well, he killed this guy, rare. right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. But I think that was a rare thing. Because his character is pretty happy-go-lucky. And the whole point of the show is that he's like a, a leech, you know, living off some Robin Masters, whatever. Yeah, why is Robin Masters mad at him all the time? He's not. It's he? Higgins who's mad at him. Oh, Higgins. That's right. Robin Masters is the owner of the property that Higgins works for. But Robin Masters is a, likes Magnum P.I. and lets him live there Did he save free. his life in Nam or some some stuff? Could have been. I don't know. Seems to be a lot of Vietnam things. There is some Vietnam because he has his friend who's a helicopter pilot who, right. who was in Nam with him. Chopper Dan, I think his name is. Chopper Dan. And then his other friend who's like a club owner or something like that. Do you know who I mean? He's called Slicko. <laughs> Slicko and Chopper Dan. Yeah, Slicko and Chopper Dan. And then, yeah. And then the big the real star of the show, Magnum's car, Ferrari. So you're not counting his mustache as a, as a character. I guess his mustache Who would win the fight between his mustache and the car? Oh, I think the car. Okay. And the car, yeah. Higgins is always like, don't take the car, Magnum. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to take it. And he takes the car yeah. and, and solves murders. 
And that's like, well, Higgins, what were you going to do with a car? Solve murders? Yeah, no. No, you're then not. Shut up, Higgins. <laughs> you're just a you're just a caretaker. But wasn't the thing like maybe Higgins was Robin Masters? They did that later on. That was a, a did, later on. Did thing. Magnum never know Robin Masters? Yeah, he knew him. Well, then why does he? Not we just see never him? see him. Oh, he knew what? We don't see Masters. Because he's a wealthy person who's like, uh, you know, like well, then how could how could Magnum be confused that like maybe he's uh, not just go, hey Higgins, you're really Robin Masters. Oh, maybe I mean I just think it's a later that's a later gloss. Okay, thing. that wasn't like it, that wasn't in the initial show. I, I have to admit that like most things, I watch a couple seasons, then I I bail. Have you seen that? There's a new Fantasy Island movie that's coming out. Well, and did you see that I it's nothing. a horror movie? Okay, that, idea, that makes sense. The idea is, yeah, you. Um, yeah, everything gets a monkey's paw twist on it, and uh, I don't like that so much. There's a there's well, I, I guess the thing is like you know you will pay the price for me having these fantasies of uh, eh, the things you want. That's not so good. It'd be better if the the you know because one of my favorite episodes has a real horror element to it. We were talking about a little while ago because it involves this guy who has this recurring nightmare dream mm-hmm. where a house is on fire and he's he's confronted by like a, a clown like a kind of cl- evil clown. Yes, in this dream and. And I think if you did something like that, where people are having, where people are having issues mm-hmm. and they're horrifying issues or whatever, and you know, Fantasy Island delves into those by making you confront your fears, then you could have like a horror element, but also have like kind of a happy ending to it. Yeah, and back not in, everything has to be and badly. Everyone back in the day, uh, Mr. Rourke, your Ricardo Montalban, yeah, uh, would uh, actually fight the devil more than once. Like the devil <laughs> would show up. You say that I just I don't remember and then, that episode. Uh, he would like uh, fight him, like just and the devil would be you don't have power over me. You don't have power over me here on my island. And it's like <laughs> oh, it's the island in between the land of the living and the dead. Is yeah. this limbo and and uh, and he's uh, you know he controls us in the uh, make uh, remake. With uh, Malcolm McDowell. Okay. Um, he, they played that a little bit more. And uh, the tattoo in that one uh, apparently was a dead person who had to make amends for things. I see. And so, you know, he uh, kept him around. Hmm. The first the first episode has uh, Malcolm McDowell going to his closet and uh, sees the white, all the white suits. And he's, I don't think so. And then uh, reaches for a black one. And now he's wearing the black suit because oh. he's a badass motherfucker, this guy. <laughs> So don't fuck with all, him. It's all leather. This Mr. Rourke's going to screw you up. Oh, cool. Huh. Yeah. Like, well, that's funny because when I was a teenager, I did a lot of babysitting on Saturday nights. Right. And Saturday night, well, it was, it was all right, right for fighting. It was all right for fighting. Yeah. That's been established, but it was not so no, good. No, wait for, a second. What, yep. So I'm just writing this down. So that's, yeah. uh, for just for the record. Sure. This is S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Right. Night. Okay. And... But I just it seems to me that that the uh, TV like the TV block uh, like the hours that you were babysitting was just like a desert. Like, there's just nothing to watch. Like, you could watch Love Boat, but I I didn't really like Love Boat very much. But I watched it because I was stuck at someone's house, and you know you just have TV. So I remember that was being described as one of the jiggle shows. Where Love Boat was like, a jiggle show. Yeah, yeah, because you would have had the uh, handbone. You would not have the handbone. You would have. Uh, you know, uh, girls in the background in bikinis walking around. So, you you know, there'd be a lot of background. Oh, uh, background jiggling. Okay. You know, and then, of course, they called see that. Uh, Charlie's Angels one of those shows because they always had them. You know, uh, Angels, you've got to infiltrate a beauty contest. Yeah. And they didn't and wear so bras. They would uh, do they would do the things yeah. that they would do. And and Fantasy Island as well was one that would always have. They would they'd stick women in the background to have that kind of stuff. I look at that and just go like, we went from that where it was like, 
you could see someone in a bikini yeah. in the background sure. with a little bit of a bouncing body, a little yeah. bit, a tiny yeah. bit. Yeah. And we've gone now to what kind of hardcore pornography do you want at any second of every day? <laughs> how, 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 how have we been able to do that and not just have like our heads explode? How did we go that extreme so fast? Well, it's it a, didn't happen all at once. No, but it happened pretty fast. We just we were like, slowly, pretty slowly got used fast. to it. It took a long time for it to download. Oh, that's true. I had to wait a long time to see that image you were waiting to see. You know. Yeah, I mean? I'm still I'm still waiting for that Lois and Clark picture to get. <laughs> exactly, it's still loading. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could remember what her name was. Terry, Terry Hatcher. Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. I beat you. Which uh, of the of 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 that team of Lois and Clark? Yeah, she is the better person. She's a better person. She is. She's not person. acting in in lunatic Christian movies. She is not. Uh, she's not arguing with me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he argues with you on Twitter. Well, he argues with anyone on Twitter. Oh, like he did a thing recently where he, uh, you know, there's that's not an exclusive club. No, but he will. Like really, and he, if someone has like two followers and they say something about Dean Cain, he will be on you. Oh, really? Like Beetlejuice, you know, saying your name. Uh, so <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it was a thing. I made some sort of joke. I think. And uh, he uh, saw it and came 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 at me, uh, which is fine. Um, but it was uh, because he um, outed the whistleblower or tried to out the whistleblower. Okay. In the whole Trump thing. Yeah. And so there was a picture, and someone had posted, uh, you know, uh, look at these nerds because it was like thing, and he like circled a person and it's like he said it was the whistleblower and Dean Kane um forwarded that or retweeted that and so this person then got uh, a large amount of death threats oh you know because dean king has a very large following yeah and so they all went kind of after him and then um then he was wrong there was like this person had nothing to do with any of that yeah yeah but dean king didn't think like he was doing anything wrong with that he took the picture down but he thought like oh no it's fine you know i you know and 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 my thing and other people's thing was you know even if you knew for real who that was that would have been the wrong thing to do because you're endangering that person who yeah. has a right to be a whistleblower and this is the thing. But you weren't right and all you did was endanger a, a, a completely innocent person yeah. and they didn't have any uh, problem with uh, with doing that. I was like, eh, that's not very Superman-y. Well, he's not Superman. He's an actor. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Well, to be fair, there is no real Superman. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, Superman is just an actor or a still drawing. Yeah, exactly. So if you're thinking about Superman, it's one of those things. <laughs> so it's not really Superman-y, but then he's not Superman. He's just an actor. He's as Superman as you get because he's, he's a who's... man portraying Superman. Yeah, I guess, but that's... That's yeah. as Superman as it can be. So we should... Unless it's, of course, a drawing, a should still we drawing. Then, should we then hang actors who portray Hitler? What? <laughs> I'm just wondering. No, you get Superman Hitler, after right? him. No, you get an actor who plays Superman to punch him. <laughs> okay, sorry. You just mentioned. I understand the rules of this now. It's all com- confusing to yes, me. Yes, you should hang actors who play Hitler. That's yeah, correct. Because that seems to me that they're Hitler then. Yep. Okay. Yep. Call, close, up, call up Mel Brooks. He's done it a couple of times. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yeah. What do you have against the Nazis? That's our Hitler. <laughs> uh, Hitler and McCormick. Who played Hitler and who played McCormick? Oh, <laughs> Hitler was played by Dame Judi Dench. No, she played Eva Braun. Oh, it was a spin-off series. Which was the uh, <laughs> so it was up. the Braun Mysteries. Oh, yeah, and, and like afterwards, she escaped. Yeah. From the, she escaped from the bunker, a yeah. changed person. Sure, and she went like, "I've got to do something with my life," and <laughs> yeah. uh, she ended up solving uh, mysteries. And yeah. people kept going, "Aren't you Eva Braun?" It was like nine, and then would run away. <laughs> 
<laughs> Doesn't sound like a very Murder She Reich. Murder She Reich. Okay. That was the that That's was pretty the good. series. That's pretty good. I was trying to think of one, and nothing popped into my head. It's so sad. I did watch. Uh, speaking of, Angela. and like last week when I couldn't think of a ghost thing, and like as soon as you turned off, as soon as you turned off the show, I went, "Oh, Health Inspector." God damn it! So sorry. Life. I, I watched an Angel- Life, Angela Lansbury movie. Um, watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks. For oh, the that's first a good time. one. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the movie theaters. It as a is child. like Mary Poppins, but better with the same guy from Mary Poppins in it. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. No, no, the uh, no. It's actually people who can do an accent. Um, <laughs> but the dad in Mary Poppins. Oh is, yes, that that actor. Is, I know who is, you mean. Is uh, that guy in the there? The droopy yeah. mustached actor. Sure. Yeah, does a does a nice job. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I remember liking that movie a lot. I had I had the record, I had the soundtrack as a kid that I played on my Aristocats record player. Yeah, I had Aristocats record player. I, I had the album as well for Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yep, because it was a cool. It, was, it had a good song in it. I can't remember the song now. In fact, now. I probably have it in the other room. It was. It was like substitutionary locomotion. That's the one. Yes, it's a very. You don't want locomotionary substitution. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Well, let's let's open up this. Let's open this up <laughs> because we've gone here. <laughs> Why are you watching Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Why am I watching Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Yeah, because you got... Well, here's the thing. I ordered Disney Plus and I accidentally Whoa. got Music Plus. Oh. The uh, <laughs> 1990s French uh, MTV, yeah, yeah. Uh, Canadian MTV station. Sure, sure. So, uh, whoops. But then after, <laughs> uh, after, uh, after I traded that in and mm. I ended up getting uh, the Music Plus. No, no wait. So I got it again. <laughs> then I traded that in again and went. I got Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus. It's all in yeah. French. So you've got Disney Plus, right? You don't have a choice. Disney rules all, Dave. Oh, okay. Disney are. It's true. If you want to have, they bought this show in the time you were talking about it. (laughs) They own everything except Dean Cain because that guy is unownable. That's right. He self owns basically. Self owns. Well, why did I get Disney Plus? No, I'm not asking you that. I know why you got it because you're a big fan of Marvel movies and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, and uh, and I like a lot of Disney stuff too. Sure. So I, I I have it as well. Okay. I got Disney Plus as well. I didn't actually get Disney Plus, but I, I have access to it as well. The difference between you and me, I finished the Computer War Tennis Shoes. <laughs> I did not. Mm-hmm. I watched it, I watched enough of it. I've seen it before, so I didn't need to see all of it. I know how it ends, or vaguely remember. I do remember him being like a, a broken spring at the end of the end of it, because he's in a box that is in a car accident. Yeah, he's in a box for forever. Mm. Yeah, and it's like, why are you taking your actor and putting him in a box and we don't see him for a long period of time? Yeah. But it also has Cesar Romero in it as the villain, and he gets like covered in red paint. And I'm like, they're always covering this guy in like some kind of makeup or paint, or poor guy. Yeah, yeah, because he'll be uh, he'll be back, and now you see him, now you don't. And the the uh, hey hey muscles, what's what you lifting? That movie, the world's strongest man, strongest man in the world, strongest man in the world. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so I I did <laughs> last night. We and then the follow up. He'll stick his dick in anything. Oh, oh, yeah. That got limited distribution. <laughs> And then it went right in the vault. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah. Never to reemerge, please. Um, no, you're so How about right this off. toaster? I came home yesterday and, and it was already set up on our on our um, fire stick. It sets itself up. On our fire stick. A tiny mouse shows up and just, uh, <laughs> just does it, it for you. A tiny mouse. My, it's not Mickey. My, it's one of the ones from Sleeping my, my Beauty. My daughter. My hey, daughter. Dave. Oh, that one. That mouse from Sleeping Beauty. Oh, I like him. Oh, thanks very much. He's Wait, good. do you think I'm the thin one or the chubby one? I think you're the thin one. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I know, I know Dave. how to flatter mice. I'll stick my dick in anything. <laughs> we'll talk later. So, um, so Baby-dee-boo-dee-boo. I, yeah. So I was, I was like, when I found out it was on on our fire stick, I was like, well, I'm gonna. 
take a little time later on because I know that uh, the, both of the girls are going out. And, uh, That's I'm, right. When, I'm going to watch when the family members away. As a, as a young, healthy man, to... <laughs> you're going to watch a little computer more tennis <laughs> shoes. <laughs> exactly. That shows my level, my level of maturity. Computer's free. Well, looks like it's time for a little Buena Vista movie. I don't think I don't think I saw. I don't think I saw that movie in the theater. No, I think I saw it on well, The Wonderful World of Disney. Yeah, of course you didn't. There are some movies I saw in the theater though that are weird. Like I saw Absent-Minded Professor in the theater. Oh. And I saw Son of Flubber in the theater. Okay. Because Disney would... How? Because pe- Disney would periodically re-release their uh, films. Oh, okay. That's how you saw Bambi or, or Cinderella and stuff like that, if you ever saw them in the Did cinema. Did not. I saw the, the Shaggy uh, DA was one of the first Disney... Oh, no. The first movie I ever saw in a theater, period, was Jungle Book. But I think that was like an initial run of Jungle Book. Uh, Jungle Book, maybe. But it would have been in the 60s, I think, Jungle Book would have come out Let me take a look, Dave. Early Why don't 60s. you keep talking? I will keep talking. we'll see... If that's true or not, because I saw Bambi as a as a young adult in the movie theater because it was uh was re released and this is just kind of on the cusp of home video and now nowadays they do their thing where they they open up their vaults and they put out their movies in these kind of puffy cases okay and then they take them back and they put them back in the vault and then you can't get them for a long time but I saw you know I saw like like I say I saw the absent minded professor and I saw Son of Flubber which is curious because they were both black and white films that I was watching as a kid in a movie theater in the 1970s when we had color movies but because these were done by Walt Disney and Walt Disney liked to pinch the pennies the company they did them as black and white movies in the early 60s rather than oh, as color films by the way you were right uh, Jungle Book came out in 1967 I would have seen it in the early 70s yeah so you would have seen a reissue like a so they would periodically re release their films for to theaters because people were still interested in taking their kids to them. You know, so it was kind of a generational thing. So every every few years, they would re, reissue them, and it would be a new generation of children who would be taken to see I these movies. I can tell you exactly when I saw it, because I remember the movie that was coming out uh, next to it. Okay. And, uh, oh, wow. So I, okay. I saw it in 1976. There you go. Because the movie that was coming out... Um, Almost immediately afterwards, because so the poster for it was "Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses." Oh, okay. The uh, sex, sex sex comedy, sex comedy with uh, Robin Williams and Ron Jeremy. Mm. If you ask what movie was Ron Jeremy and Robin Williams both in, yeah, that is the answer to that one. Huh? That was the hairiest movie that's ever been made. You're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong at all. You're not wrong. And I don't want to say I've seen Ron Jeremy, but oh, anyway. So yeah, so so uh, last night I thought you know it'll be. Fine. I'm just going to see what's on here. And for some reason, I I think I knew that the computer wore tennis shoes was on, was on was available on the channel. So I I went down to find it, and it's in Fun Mysteries. If you're looking for it, everyone, Fun okay. Mysteries. I don't know what the mystery is in it. Yeah, I don't know either. There's no mystery. The entertainment value. Ooh. That's the real mystery. Am I right? <laughs> and yeah, I started watching it, but it's um, you know, I liked it as a kid. It was remade with Kirk Cameron. Did you know that? Oh. Huh. That seems wrong. Yeah. Maybe it's part of the Left Behind series. <laughs> Maybe Please continue, is. though. That, uh... The computer was left behind. Oh, jeez. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah, it's not It's not a great movie. No, it's slow. I, mean, as I remember slow, very fondly. Slow, slow, slow. I remember I, very fondly, too. yeah. But, yeah, they had that scene in it where uh, he's, well, he's struck by lightning. Yes. That's yeah. how you get all your power. He's not struck by lightning. He's um, standing in water, and he goes to plug two cords together. True. And he creates the connection between the two plugs. Right. And so he... He is electrocuted. He is the internet, briefly. But you know, as what you know, as the sort of thing that would happen in that situation, he uh, 
gets all the knowledge of the computer, plus the skills of a computer to learn quickly. And Unless, remember. of course, he just dies, goes to hell, and this is his damnation. <laughs> this is his damnation. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. He, this, that's where the Black Mirror would begin. And the movie, the movie is strangely serious. Yes. Like, it's not like a lighthearted romp. No, there's elements in there, but it's yeah. all broad comedic characters yeah, yeah. saying non-comedic things. Yeah, I know, exactly. Yeah. It has like these all these goofball friends. <laughs> yeah. Frank Welker is one of his friends. Yeah. Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Later at the Hall of Justice, that guy. Mm. I thought that was and Ted Nibbler. Knight who did that. That's Ted Knight and also Frank. Welker. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And yeah, so it's yeah, strangely, it's a very low-key movie. And it has a terrible opening song, as a song as well, The Computer Wear Tennis Shoes. Which, I mean, okay, let's be fair to the songwriters. Hard song to write, The Computer Wear Tennis Shoes. Hard to get a, like a real tune out of that, that concept. And, but and they I, tried. And I just watched Freaky Friday, which had the opening song, I Wish I Was You for a Day. Okay. Which is a really nice song. Okay. And I was like, oh man, they've got good I'll songs. I'll give Freaky they... Friday a watch. I, I don't, ever, don't think I've ever seen it, or if I have seen it, it was a long, long time it ago. It holds up all right. Okay. It holds up all right. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. And so the movie stars and i'll put that in quotation marks kurt russell but he is he plays a minor character to the to the adults in the movie like the 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 dean of the college played mm. by joe flynn was way more featured in the film than 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 kurt russell's character is absolutely and and that's not what you want to see that's not what that guy yeah well, that guy goes a long way <laughs> exactly yeah. like he should be there as like as a little bit of spice a little spice on 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 the on the whatever we're eating spice and a little spice in the spice. Oh, spice is life. Spice is life. And so, yeah. So, you know, as but it also has like goofy things in it too. So it's like weirdly serious. But then there's a scene in the film where they're like, they're like, they send Dexter, the mm-hmm. Kurt Russell character who has been electrocuted and now has fantastic intelligence, totally unlike his previous self, obviously. They send him to a doctor for examination. And the doctor, yes. the doctor uses a, the um, scope, you know, the little scope that you look into someone's eye. Yeah, as you do. And uh, you're able to see through the eye. You can see that there's banks of computers in his brain. In his brain. In his brain. We can look into his brain and see that. That's <laughs> absolutely right. So they, so apparently this, the electricity has, has worn out the optic nerve so that you can just look straight through his eyes into his brain. And then, and then That's also, enough. We don't need to see any Oh, no, wait. Wait, I've got something more for you. i got a device here that can show you what someone's thinking. Yeah. And so they You can look that at that up. through his eye and see his thoughts. Well, no, this is a different thing where they put they they. Oh, uh, it's a different device. Yeah, it's a different device where then they're showing like what he's what he's seeing or what his brain yeah, is but, seeing. Yeah, but by the way, uh, who's got that device? Who owns that? The device? doctor. Like, is it the guy who works at the college or just the doctor? No, it's just a doctor in his in his in his. Like they're at a like a doctor's just office. Just at a doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. So this is a doctor. Yeah. Who has a device <laughs> that lets you look yeah, yeah. at thoughts? Looks at read thoughts. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you're bearing the lead. He, he invented it himself. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> hey, anyway, it's not important. Yeah, it's folks. not the biggest Let's deal move in the world. With the rest this guy's of the movie. a little smart. This guy's a computer. Yeah, he can do a test real fast. Oh, it's uh, it's very strange film. It's very strange film. And then also the fact that they're cheaters, Complete which is you pointed cheaters. out. Which as a kid, it didn't seem to bother me. Maybe as a kid, you don't mind the idea. Of well, because cheating. you're told that the other school gets all this money from the state. Ah, so much money from the state. Yeah. And they don't, this is a private college and they don't get money from the state. Okay. So it's not fair that they keep winning they to, uh, this uh, thing every time. Mm. But yeah, th- th- they, they have a contest and, and the uh, non-computer genius team yeah. ties. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. They should win. Sure. And then uh, they don't because, you know, 
they get a lot of money from the state. I don't know what they're saying there. It's like some socialism thing or some such. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't it's know. A, so I didn't watch all of that film, though. No, it's not uh, It's not good. They have a good uh, car chase with uh, Cesar Romero, but unfortunately at that point, Kurt Russell is in a, in a box. I'm just going to take off my jacket because I'm, I'm, sure. I'm boiling today. Go right ahead. Now, the weird thing is Dave thinks he's wearing a jacket, but he's wearing a hoodie. It's a, still a jacket. It's not a jacket? A hoodie isn't a jacket. <laughs> Why not? Do you think a hoodie? I don't know. It's a hoodie. It's, it's a jacket. Thing. It's more of a sweater. Do you think a sweater is a jacket? I think a coat is a jacket. A coat is a jacket. We're not talking about a coat. But I think wearing a... I think a hoodie is also a jacket. All right. Well, this is one of our questions. <laughs> Do you think a hoodie is a jacket? What constitutes a jacket? I think... Well, maybe it's more like a sweater. Thank you very much. Asked and answered, like Your Honor. But what if we're wearing one that has a zip up the front? Is What's, that a, is that a jacket? jacket? Yeah. And it's a jacket. Okay. Yeah. All right. But is that a hoodie? I don't know. Has it got a hood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it could be a hoodie too, but yours What doesn't. if you're wearing a duffel coat? Well, you're wearing too many things then. You have like three <laughs> things on. No wonder you're hot. <laughs> I'll take that off too. I'm going to take a second. I'm going to take off my duffel jacket. So I stopped watching um, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. Right. And then I turned it to a, a different nostalgic film for me. Okay. And this was a movie that in grade eight, my friends and I were going to go see a film and we had a toss up and we... We had a debate amongst ourselves, and because of my bossy boots, I, I won the debate. Okay. Um, it was, what film should we see? Should we see Star Trek the movie? Or should uh, so we... it's Dave. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yeah. The motion picture. Oh, I'm sorry. Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah. They didn't go to uh, <laughs> a, a motion picture in school. <laughs> and make a movie. Yeah, to make a movie. Well, that's true. If you watch it, it's no movie. Anyway, so... Oh, what's that? Are you telling me it's not cinema? It's not cinema. No, okay. Not... <laughs> Fair enough. It is not cinema. Uh, so... So uh, the movie that I wanted to see, because I don't really like Star Trek, everyone, as you know, and that was the same the case when I was a kid. So I talked to my friends and going to see The Black Hole. Okay. So I was like, well, let's watch a little bit of The Black Hole and see how this movie holds up. All right. This is an old movie. It's from 1979, around there. Okay. It stars, you know, rickety old actors, because that was, you know, it's a Walt yeah, Disney film. Yeah, it was a film. good era for being old. Yeah, it, that's right. You know, you could watch Emergency and there'd be some guy who's clearly in his 50s playing a character who's supposed to be in his 30s. Absolutely. You're like, no one is fooled by this. Who was fooled? Is this when TVs were low res? Maybe mm-hmm. it was more... Le- yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, the other disturbing thing about watching... What's that, sorry? Oh, I'm just looking... Uh, when. You know, listen, I don't want to jump ahead of the game here. Oh, well, I didn't know the game was a game. Okay, but uh, something I was sort of remembering about uh, the black the black hole yeah. was there was a comic strip. And the oh. comic strip was drawn by um, uh, Jack Kirby. Oh, really? Yep. yep. Huh. That is, uh, that, is a, that is a true... Curious. That is a true fact. True facts, everyone. True yeah. facts. You can uh, take a little look-see here. I've got an image there, and you can see yourself. Oh, nice! There's, there's the there's Disney's The Black Hole, and yeah, it was a at the very least it was a a, a weekly thing. Cause I remember that from the uh, from the newspaper. But please don't let me interrupt you. Continue. Oh, I was going to say about uh, the go back to the computer where tennis shoes for a second. The, I was curious watching that on a nice television in HD because you could really see like the actors' ages in their faces. Okay. Like you know, probably as, you know, when it was on just regular television when everyone just looked fuzzy. It was fine. But then, you you know, you watch this movie and you can see, oh, these actors are much older than they're saying. <laughs> they're really old. Like, Kurt Russell seems quite young. But a lot of the other actors seem very yeah. much older they, than him. They had the old face that you would have with teenagers yeah. back then. Yeah. And then and this is the first of three films. So yeah. they would just get older. Yeah. I don't know if his friends stayed the same. And it was just Kurt well, Russell. Skyler certainly stayed, stayed in the series. Okay. Though, um, was Frank Welker in all of them? 
I don't remember Frank Welker being okay. in the next ones. But Frank Welker looks amazingly like Fred. Who he was. Who he was, yeah. He was both Scooby-Doo and Fred. That's yeah. right, yeah. So he looks a lot like Fred. Anyway, so, so I went to the Black Hole, uh, or went to the movie The Black Hole, which is also there. I can't remember where it's located in the in the menu. But I... It's under the what the hell? What the hell for what? Yeah, that's what they say. Under oh. the, it's under the what the hell. What the hell? What the hell like, is what, what, what are we thinking what, of? what the hell? Yeah. It's there with like, Dad, can I borrow the car? What the hell? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I wonder if they got that one. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, they'll, once again, the vaults will open. But I really, you know, that <laughs> the movie. The seventh seal will be broken. <laughs> that, that movie is, like, the special effects in that movie are really good. Like, the spaceships look fantastic. Yeah, Disney had some money still. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where the main, they, like, the main characters are in an okay looking spaceship. It's not great. The the kind of the spaceship there and the, the main characters of the film, there's four people, four, four or five actors Four actors. There's Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Robert Forster. Right. You said uh, what's yeah uh, Robert Forster. Oh, uh, Yvette Mimieux. Okay. And then a younger guy, who, whose name I can't remember now. Okay. Yeah, I think this is four on the ship. Oh, Ernst, Ernst Borgnine. So that's five, right? Are you counting your robots? No, Funny they robots. They don't count as people. Right. They're not right. actors. And uh, Joseph Bottoms. Joseph Bottoms. That's that's right. And so and Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine is Harry something or other. Harry uh, Booth. Harry Booth. And so, but what they did with the actors is they had them, like, if they were moving around on the set, they used, like, they used very subtle wire work to, like, lift them up and ha- so they could, like, fly across the set a little bit and land somewhere else, which is kind of neat. Like, you know, they didn't have, they didn't, they didn't try and do it with process shots because in those days, process shots look terrible. There is a process shot of Perkins and Mimu coming up by, like, a tube. And you can see right away that it's, it's a process shot that they're just two actors standing and they've just blue screened it and, you know, but they just couldn't have the technology to like make it a super clean edit, right? Like make that. Right. So it doesn't look great, but, but the, um, but when they, when they're in like this part of the ship where they're piloting or whatever, they're like, they would like, there's a scene where she comes down and she just kind of somersaults, like holds, holds onto the ladder and just kind of slowly lets herself kind of like a gymnast lets herself flop oh, down around. So okay. it's like she's floating down from the space. Okay. Quite cleverly done. And then the the robot in the film, as you said, there's a robot. His there's two robots. One robot is on the other ship. This is the main robot. It's called Vincent, right. who is a uh, treasure, treasure trove of aphorisms. He has always got something, an aphorism for every moment. Played by? I don't know who played him. Roddy McDowell. Oh, really? Yep. Uncredited. And uh, the other robot on the other ship. Uh, I know who that is. That's Slim, Slim Pickens. That sure is. Yeah. He's a very recognizable voice. But I didn't know that was Roddy McDowell. Interesting. Yeah. And so he says things like, uh, what did he say? Like, um... Eternal, or sorry, endless sunshine makes the desert, as the, as the Arabs say, and things like that, you know? So he always has these little aphorisms for the moment, which is kind of fun. And, and then, uh, but they encounter this mysterious ship that's floating in a sort of stasis right by a black hole, as if it's found some sort of zero mm. place. And they go to investigate it, and, it's, and there's a little incident, but as they come back towards it, it lights up, and it looks so amazing, in the movie, it looks so amazing. I, you know, I don't remember anything about this movie. I realized as I was watching, it, I was like, "Oh yeah!" It was like it was reminding me as I was watching it. Do you remember when you were a kid liking the movie or not? I did enjoy it. Okay, I did enjoy it. So I'm curious to watch all of it and see what I think of it. I had to turn it off because I needed to go to work, do some coloring. But do you, are you still in touch with your friends? Can you call them up and go? We all got to watch. This I am the same not time on our various. I Disney am not. Pluses? I don't know where they've gone. And they're like, we're, one, we're watching other shows. No, we're all watching this. You just boss them around. One, those friends. One was. One was. 
I think we were kind of knit together by one friend. Mm. So there was three of us, but there was one friend who was friends of both of us, and the other guy and I weren't like super, weren't super simpatico. So we kind of drifted apart once this other guy moved away. He moved. Okay. He moved out of that neighborhood. So I, that was a that was during my friendless period of my life because I, I just couldn't. My friends would move away. I took it personally, of course. Um, yeah, I had a friend I made because I moved, and I made a friend in grade six. Then we went to junior high in grade seven, but we were in different we were in different homerooms, so we didn't see each other very much because oh, we didn't okay. we didn't start the day together. Yeah. We had different classes, so we would just kind of hang around after school. Then he moved away at the end of grade seven. And so then I made a friend in grade eight. But then he moved away. So then I was very lonely mm. for a while. Then my friend moved back from Ontario, but he went to a different school. So once again, we didn't really see each other except we would hang out after school. But then he had to move back again because his mom got transferred back to Ontario. And then, yeah, so that was like another lonely time. It was really weird. I had trouble making friends just because, I, I mean, I had, it was easy to make friends, but it's hard for... When you're in like a, a more, and you can say the same, you, you went to the same school, so you know, like, it wasn't a huge population, so it was hard to find people of your mindset. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, I'm looking for someone who likes music. Yeah. Or comedy. Sure. Or movies. You know, preferably all three. You know, who's interested in performing, you know, taking that and doing something with it. You know, so that's a very specific person that you need. And so I'd often, like, make friends with people and try to get them to write with me. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really work. I don't know why. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Yep. Like, oh, we're friends. Let's write some stuff together. Yeah, let's shoot some stuff. We'll get a camera and we'll shoot some things. Yeah. But would they do it? Sometimes, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they need low attention spans. Yeah, yeah. Low attention spans. I was way more I was way more uh, committed to these things. Than, than Sometimes I get people hooked to an improv. You know, okay. Like, come okay. take one of these. Like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And they'd uh, do it. Yeah. yeah. That's older, though. I'm talking like when you're, when you're six or when you're grade seven and grade eight. Yeah, this would be like what, about 15, 16 yeah, okay. years old. Yeah. Do you find it hard to make friends now? Uh, I mean, I, when I say make friends, I don't mean like be be friendly with people. Like I always have acquaintances and people I can talk to and stuff right. like that. But what I mean is like, yeah, I do have trouble making friends. But what I've developed now is really good nerd dar. So when I meet people, I can tell if they're if I'm going to be sympathetic sure. with them or not. You know, I don't waste a lot of time with people that I'll realize very soon, oh, this person's boring. You know, to me, they're boring. You can also usually check their Facebook page and see what they're into. And like, no, they posted. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. See, I don't, okay. but I meet people, I don't know their names, right? Mm. So I'm meeting them, say, like at church. Like I'm meeting someone there for the first time. Right. I can look at them and tell right away, like, oh, I'm going to like this person. Or, nope, no point. I'll talk to them, but it's just not, it's not going to be like a close friendship or a time that we like to sit and talk together. Right. Whatever. But anyway, so, yeah, The Black Hole, it's a very interesting film. It's, um, it has, it's kind of like, when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is kind of like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The, the Maximilian Shell character is kind of the Captain Nemo, only he's in this static ship. He's not, like, roaming the seas, destroying whaling, whaling ships. <laughs> like in, but 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is available on yeah. Disney Plus as well. That's my next film I'm going to visit. Because <laughs> I really liked that movie as a kid. Because Kirk Douglas ate his peas off with a knife. And oh. that was crazy to me. Yeah. Wow. I know. So we hadn't have access to either a fork or a spoon. Plus, that's a movie, Disney movie, that has James Mason, Peter Lorre, and uh, Kirk Douglas. And a squid. And a squid, which is really amazing. Amazing squid. I mean, I remember as a kid, it was amazing. I'm sure it looks like garbage now, but when I was a kid, it was crazy. I think there was a line in there, something about, you know, the only thing worse than being eaten alive is being uh, drank alive. (laughs) Okay. That, that does sound horrific. <laughs> good, uh, good but to think of that cast, right? That's a pretty amazing cast for a movie. It is. Like if I said to you, I, I'm going to watch a movie with 
Kirk Douglas, James Mason, and Peter Lorre, you'd be like, oh, that sounds interesting. But then it's like a Disney movie with the guys yeah. on a, a kooky submarine, and it's it's really. Uh, but Kirk Douglas is great as the sort of the sort of um, as a sort of roustabout sailor who ends up on this very prissy captain's uh, submarine. Now I'm trying to see what year this uh, this came out. The fifties. I, I got you the fifties, but let's uh, see for sure. Oh, uh, it's just it's got the book. Well, who cares about that? No one. No one. You're right. 1954. Yeah. You're right. James Mason, isn't it? Yes. yes. It's Captain Nemo. Kirk Douglas, James Mason, Paul Did... Lucas, Peter Lorre. Yes, Paul Lucas. Indeed. Yes. Wow. That's a good. That's a good cast. Yep. You know what? But I think that Disney found that they would make as much money hiring no one. Okay. Or having like one star and not having much much more to it. You know. Or even having a cast of nobodies. Mm-hmm. You know. That makes sense. So uh, I'm just looking at what that computer wore tennis shoes again. Yeah. Was that, uh, uh, what's his name's, uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell's first movie? Was I'm not it, sure. I don't really know. I'm not yeah, sure. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of curious about that. Because uh, I, I seem to remember him being on Gilligan's Island. And that's, that's uh, not a movie, though, but yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he was a jungle boy on Gilligan's Island. Uh, right, okay. right, I was. Good for me. <laughs> Good for you. Good for me. All right, so that's all TV. With TV's garbage, no one needs that <laughs> film. No, no, he was doing a lot. Ha, 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 ha. So he was... Uh, well, he was in The Horse with the Great Flannel Suit before The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. This is absolutely correct. He was also... The first film he did was 1963. It happened at the World's Fair. Okay. Where he was boy-kicking Mike. Boy-kicking so, Mike. So I guess there was a guy named Mike, and yeah. he kicked him, and it was uncredited. It happened at the World's Fair. Is that... No. No. Are you thinking about the Jimmy Stewart movie? I think it is the remake you know of... What, it, you, okay. I think it's a remake of uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, all right. Yeah. Who's the lead? Because the lead, the, the lead is a musician. Famous musician. In... in uh, It happened at the World's Fair. It's not Elvis Presley, is it? You bet it is. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of a different film then. All right. Yeah, there's a couple. There's, there was... The Little Shop Around the Corner was remade as In the Good Old Summertime. And Meet Me in St. Louis was remade as something different. Yeah, I'm looking at the horse in the gray flannel, uh, gray flannel suit, suit yeah. uh, which just has a poster that says comedy. Everyone's running in different <laughs> directions. Everyone's just running. Well, I mean, it has Dean Jones in it. He's very good at the slow burn, the confused. Right. And you were thing. saying to me uh, earlier, because yeah. we were talking about this, yeah. that uh, he, the horse is named after an indigestion medicine. Yeah, that's right. And that would be Aspercel. Aspercel, that's right, yes. And yes. it was a film that was a double feature, mm-hmm. or at least it had an opening short. Okay. And that was uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Huh. That's a, that's a good combination there. I would have been quite happy to see that. Join in uh, the all Disney fun in. <laughs> We're not necessarily That's, saying it's going to be a laugh-in. Yeah, yeah. No, We're just telling you it's going to be a fun-in yeah. with Maury Amsterdam and, of course, Dean Jones, as we couldn't get Jimmy Stewart. So, <laughs> Dean Jones, everybody. Well, Dean Jones was kind of a younger guy, too. He could do a little yeah, bit more. He worked, he worked a lot. Dean Jones, absolutely. Uh, Dean Jones, if you watch, and maybe you shouldn't. There's no need for it. Yeah. Watch the Shaggy DA. Yeah. He does one of those We Got Trouble type uh, songs uh, over the opening credits okay. uh, about being in the Shaggy DA. Yeah, yeah. I, I found it quite charming. All right. Yeah. I saw that movie in the theater. That's for sure. Me too. Uh, after this first movie I was ever turned away from, it was sold out. Oh, really? So we had to go home. And it was like, go home, but I haven't had popcorn. <laughs> yeah, that sounds And we had to go home. Yeah. Second movie I was ever turned away from. Yeah. Superman 2. Oh. We didn't show up early enough. Uh. I was like, what? How could we? No, we go home. 
dog. It's <laughs> funny. But then we went back and we did see the Shaggy uh, DA eventually. Oh, and, uh, and learned later on it was a sequel, which I didn't know. Yeah, it is a sequel. To, to the Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog, yeah. Which I had not seen either. No. At that time. Well, how am I going to get what the Shaggy DA is about? I had seen the Shaggy Dog since then. Good. Now you get all the context. Which I believe is a, is a magical thing, right? He's like cursed or he has a, an item yeah. that makes him into a ring. dog. It's a ring. It's a ring. Scare okay. a ring, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you got to say the things and do the things. And, and Oh, you have to say something to become a yeah, dog. Yeah, you have to say it. And once you say it, it uh, it happens. But the, after after you've said it, I believe, yeah, the, anyone who's holding the ring that says it, it you will change into the uh, the dog. Oh, I see. It's like, That's right. It's like a curse. That's right. It is is definitely, oh... Oh, it is such a curse! Like, can't even, can't even believe it. Let's just see what the, uh, what the, what the, what the words are. Ah, I don't know. It doesn't say it there. So, uh, so I just don't know. Um, so anyway, I'm looking forward because to, you've told me that the end of the black hole is is kind of nutty. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm gonna. I might. Very inspired by 2001. It's like we got a big idea. We're gonna stick at the end of this movie. Yeah. And some might well, say part of the, inappropriate. Part of the idea of the film is Maximilian Schell, the mm-hmm. German actor. Who've only ever seen in uh, the Nuremberg trial movie that Stanley Kramer directed? Okay. Uh, By the way, if yeah. you want to change a fellow into a dog, sure. You have the scarab ring. Yeah. You got to say this. Okay. You got to read this. Sure. In canis corporate transmuto. Okay. That Boom. doesn't sound that easy to get someone to say. And it sounds very similar. Yeah. To what uh, Angela Lansbury says in Bedknobs and Broomsticks that which, turns people into rabbits. Which is another thing. <laughs> Clatu, so Verato, Nictu. Yeah, not, not, not wrong. So, yeah, in the film, uh, Maxwell Michel's character, he's like, uh, I guess the ship was originally like uh, a ship of discovery that was sent out to find habitable planets. Okay. But the mission was canceled. But this captain, he decided to not follow the orders. And he oh. remained out in space. Okay. He got rid of his crew in some way we don't know. We told that he sent them back in a uh, spaceship. Right. But okay. I hear and he's, you. now it's, the entire ship is populated by robots that work for him and so but his plan is to go into the black hole oh, that's a mistake that seems like a wrong idea from what i know about black holes that's the one thing you don't want yeah because i don't think they're like a spaghettified they're not a wormhole there is actually a dense like core to them that you could just bump, bump into okay so i don't know or maybe you could slingshot around it i don't I, I don't know i don't think that's how that would work i don't know i don't know the physics everyone all right fair enough i do know that you can slingshot to the moon using Using momentum, you can. That's, yeah, how, that's how they got the. But you don't want to do that with a black hole. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't think. By the way, if great. you get close enough to a black hole, you could get to the moon anyway, so it's not really an issue. If you get close to black hole. If you're trying to get to the moon. Yeah. It's farther away to go to the nearest black hole, so don't even bother. Just go to the moon. Like if you're trying to do that, that's a bad way of slingshotting to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the new? You've, you've already made a mistake. Is there a black hole near us? Oh, I hope not. Oh, I see. I certainly hope not. Yeah. Well, you know what, Dave? While you ask that, yeah, you know, look at what it the nearest black hole is. So anyway, I think when I go home Let's tonight, I might. Let's all be terrified when I... we find when we find that out. The nearest black hole, okay, okay, yeah. is uh, is about uh, twenty seven thousand light years away. Sorry, it's now changed to twenty six thousand. Oh, twenty five thousand. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Make your peace. Look out, everyone. You just have enough time to watch the rest of the black hole. Movie. The times they are changing. Well, maybe it'll give me some pointers. Yeah, how long would it take to travel to the nearest black hole? Uh, turns out a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they only just recently saw them. But I do love their visualization of the black hole in the film. That's another part of it. The art direction of that movie is just really, really interesting. It's quite good. It's quite good. Vast sets. It's 
you know, it's it's nice when you watch a movie and you can see the money on the screen, and that's the opposite of of Heaven's Gate. Okay. Where you can see no money on the screen. Now, would you say Heaven's Gate could have used a black hole? Yeah, just to swallow the entire picture. Oh. Yeah. Now, speaking of movies, oh. last week we asked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what, let's get to our listeners' questions because I have, I have some chick talk to do this this episode. Yeah, I really want to get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap up with that. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the big ender. Okay. <laughs> uh, so our questions were, what was the scariest movie you've ever seen? And yeah. has there ever been a movie with a scene that, for you overwhelmed the movie and for me okay. the movie that had a scene that overwhelmed it i'm not gonna say what the scene was was drag me to hell there was a scene in there that just it's made a me pretty go, old like, movie now you can don't care you can spoil don't, it don't 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 like it don't care for it uh so oh, the scariest movie for me the movie that got the biggest rise out of me in terms of like okay hair standing on my my arm like hair and my legs and arms standing up is a, actually kind of a mild movie it's it's a it's an italian horror movie directed by the fantastic director Mario Bava, a director I, I admire very much as an artist. I have no idea what he was like as a person, but I think as a as a filmmaker, he's fantastic, fantastically interesting filmmaker. I also really like his movie Danger Diabolique, which was a which was a mystery science theater uh, movie they made fun of. But I actually think it's a really good film, mm-hmm. just in terms of like it's a comic book some film. Of the, some of the movies they they did yeah. weren't necessarily bad films. They're uh, just fun a, to jam on. It's a comic book film, and it's filmed in a really fun kind of lively way. And what I really like about it is that he was given like a big budget and he just like made it for like a tenth of the budget because he just worked, he just worked cheap because that's what he was used to doing. And he would paint his own, um, paint his own mats. Okay. So it's got tons of these fantastic map paintings for that, for the layer of the danger. But anyway, so, uh, this movie is called, now I can never remember now. I think it's called Black Sunday because Black Sabbath is the one with, uh, Barbara Steele. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I think it's called Black Sunday. And so, or maybe it's called Black Sabbath, and Black Sunday is a different one. It's one of those two films. This one is like a, it's an anthology of three different... Is it a 1977 movie? Nope. All right. There is a movie called Black Sunday that's a 1977 movie. Oh, that's a, that's a different one. That's uh, an that's, American thriller. That's a terrorism movie, a, okay. a football game, I think. Yep. With a blimp. No, this one, I think it is Black Sunday, though, because then I think, well, I was trying to, I was trying to, like, say how good this movie was to a, a guy at work, and he was... He was saying, I hate that movie because every time I would look up something about Black Sunday, the 77 movie, it would bring me to this ah, movie. Okay. Right? But anyway, so it's a, it's a movie. It has three stories in it. Okay. One is called The Verdlock. It's like a vampire mo- uh, story, which is very creepy. It's about a family. And the father comes back, played by Boris Karloff, and they're not sure if he's – he's different. And they're not sure why. Okay. And it's done very well. And he's also the host of it. As well. Oh, how does he address you, or how does it work? How does he, he talks? Host? He talks to you as the host of it. Okay. How and then does he, he, how does he show up? Does he just like? He's just standing Hello? there. Yeah, he's just standing oh, there. Greetings. Yeah, and talks right. about uh, talks about like you know he has some like little thing scripted thing he does about the you know the the occult or the the things we don't know. So sorry, what year was this film? Nineteen sixty. Sixty nine, maybe. Okay, because there's also a nineteen sixty vampire movie called uh, Black Sunday. Okay, maybe I think of Black Sabbath then. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Does that one start Barbara Steele? That one from... Uh... I will take a... Uh, yes, actually, sorry. Okay. Black Sunday, a 1960 film, does sell, star Barbara Steele. 19, yeah, that's, that is a Mario Bava film. But okay, so I'm thinking of Black Sabbath. Then. All sorry, right. Sorry. Please continue with your I story. do. I get the titles mixed up because they're very similar. Okay. And this movie, Black Sabbath, is what the band Black Sabbath took their name from as well. So, and then there's one called uh, The Telephone. 63. 63, yes. wow. Uh, there's one called The Telephone, which is uh, quite interesting because it was... 
severely edited for American viewing. So if you ever want to see it, make sure that you get the original version, the uncut Italian version, because like the the tel- the conversation on the telephone has a uh, kind of subtle but there uh, kind of lesbian uh, um, subtext to it of the character and. And so it's quite an interesting story as well. It's about a woman who's trapped, kind of stuck at home and someone keeps calling her and threatening her and, and it's quite good. And then the one I love, which I think it actually opens the film. Okay. It's called uh, A Simple Drop of Water. The Drop of Water. Or a Drop of Water, okay. And Do I have heard A Simple Drop of Water? That's where you mentioned that. Okay, but okay. Yeah. The Drop of Water. The Drop right. of Water, yeah. And that one is about a, a nurse who's at home in her little tiny flat and she lives... Uh, she doesn't doesn't live well. She lives in a kind of a, kind of a squalid little flat, and she has this neon sign that blinks outside. This red neon sign that blinks and fills her apartment periodically with blue or red light. So that has this really kind of weird effect to the film. And she's at home, and the phone rings, and it's someone calling. Uh, this maid is calling. Her her mistress has died at home, and she's too frightened, too superstitious, I guess, or too frightened to dress the body for for. Uh, you know, the doctors, for people to come and see see the body. Right. And so she calls this nurse. And so this nurse goes to this house and she gets this house. And it's wonderfully set decorated house with cats everywhere and these little dolls all over the place. It adds to the creepy factor, you know, to have a house full of dolls. And she goes in and there's this woman laying in the bed and she has the most terrible grimace on her face and her eyes are shut. But she has this like weird, like her teeth are bared, like she's Ugh. angry, like she's growling at you. Yeah. And it was actually a mask that was made by Mario Bava's father for the film. He designed this mask to go over the actress's face. And there was two versions of it. So this one has the eyes closed. And so the nurse is, you know, dressing her. And and uh, then she sees this woman has this beautiful ring on her finger. And she's tempted and she gives in and she steals the ring. But as she's trying to pull it off, and it's really hard to take off the, the finger, as she pulls it off, she bumps into the nightstand and it knocks over a glass of water. And that starts the water motif of dripping water. And then... You know, when she she looks back at the woman after she's, you know, sets the the glass right and stuff like that, and suddenly the lady's eyes are wide open. Uh-huh. And so she closes them again, and then she kind of hurriedly leaves and goes home. And when she gets home, there's this, it just starts with drops of water occurring throughout the apartment, and she keeps going to try and find what's happening. And it's very well done. And when the reveal comes at the end of the, the, the piece, I don't know, just the first time I saw it, I was just like, every part, every hair in my body, every hair, everyone, stood up like this, and bing! and it just it just freaked me out in such a way like i don't normally get scared of movies but it just built up the the tension and the 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 you know the the the, the mood and atmosphere so much because that's what i react to more like like i always and i'm not joking like i watch a movie like the conjuring and as soon as they show the ghosts i'm like time to relax because they're just people who can't do anything put my feet up and that's the end of the scariness you know this doesn't do anything for me like once i see what the scary thing is I, i'm not scared anymore do you think it helps with a movie like this that they're all short? Yeah, that can help too. To yeah, it doesn't stretch home. it out. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So it was like uh, the telephone, the drop of water, and then the Verdelac. The Verdelac. The Verdelac, yeah. Verdelac, yeah. Yeah. It take, takes place in some like Eastern European place, so they speak with like Verdelac. And uh, yeah, with uh, Boris Karloff. Uh, it's, a, it's a very creepy thing because it's, you know, it's just about a, it's basically, how, how would you say it? It's like a, it's like a family, but. There's no family because one of them's a vampire. So it's just about betrayal and, and mm. it's very interesting. It's very well done. Cool. All right. So there's uh, good good tips there. Yeah. Um, so uh, our friend Gavin, uh, Gavin Pitts, wrote us and says, Dust off horror movie fan hat. 
uh, of the. I doubt he has to dust it off, but anyway. No, there is not a drop of dust on that thing. (laughs) Of the thousands, literally, of horror films I've seen, very few have actually managed to scare me. Off the top of my head, the ones that did are uh, Carpenter's The Thing. The paranoia and raising, rising terror and isolation are ten times as scary as the revealed uh, tentacular uh, monsters. I agree. Yeah, that's a very that's a very good film and uh, and a lot of imagination to it as well. And also uh, Kurt Russell bringing that guy up again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, that Kurt Russell. That movie is a lot more funny. Kurt that movie is funnier than the computer Kurt, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter are a good team. They are. Those guys do a lot of different stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978 film. It's very the good. final shot gave me nightmares for days. Yeah, that's screaming child. Good. Uh, plus Leonard Nimoy, uh, Veronica Cartwright, Gus Goldblum. I'm what? sorry. I was just gonna say the right the screenwriter of that wrote this. The uh, W. D. Richter, I think, is, is the name. He wrote the screenplay for um, Big Trouble in Little China. John Carpenter and and Kurt Russell. Very nice. And also Donald Sutherland in the same movie. I know it is. Uh, it's a good. <laughs> It's a good batch. It's yeah, a good it is. batch of uh, people. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Freddy was terrifying in his first cinematic genre. Yeah. I watched them backwards, so that was my mistake, uh, especially watching the second one. That was a mistake, the second one. Um, and some of the other ones are Cornball as well and the, uh, <laughs> and the TV series. Yeah. Oh, boy, the TV series. What are you thinking? We're going we're gonna to redo a scenes from the movie in a TV series and you can't show nothing? What are you thinking, TV? No. Freddy's Nightmares. I remember, here's the, here's the thing about, sorry, I know you're talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. We should be talking about that, but I got to talk about <laughs> Freddy's Nightmares. Okay. Uh, there was an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Was it animated? No. Okay. Uh, it was, um, it was Freddy, uh, basically hosting the thing as like, uh, and it, it was uh, a runner and very obsessed with running. Okay. And wanted to, oh, running. And so, yeah. like running around a track, running, running, just cared about running, running so much, running, 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 and gets to the, uh, the finish line and it cuts them in half. Ironic. Well, it's nothing. That's just, it just cut them in half. It's just like, <laughs> what? That's weird. What's that about? Yeah. Like, if you had a montage of all different, I thought, know, I thought it was going to be like running, 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 and then his, like his leg breaks. But he just keeps on running and running and he's like running with his leg and it's getting more and more mangled. And then his other leg breaks and he's just like keeps running, even though it's like, you know, he's just all falling apart and, and you know, his like his back breaks. And yeah. that'd be good. I think here's where Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it'd be terrible, but it'd be. Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, the second film went south. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think we ran into a problem with Freddy when you um, had him turning to us and talking directly to us. Mm. And I'm like, no, he's not saved by the bell. Yeah. You know, he's not uh, an older reference, George Burns. You know, we don't need that. You you dragged me to a to a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, uh, Dream Warrior, fourth I think. one or thir- uh, okay, that would the be one the with the Roach one. Hotel. Yes, girl in the Roach Hotel. Yeah, they check in, they don't check out. <laughs> she checked out. Did check out. Uh, mm. Her sin was I forget what her sin was. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no sin deserving that. All the thing, the third the third one actually has like uh, some some creepy stuff in mm-hmm. a, a mental asylum where. You know, there's someone he was uh, using like a puppet, and uh, and but it was like with the person's veins. Oh. And then you look up and you see he's above, and he takes him to a ledge and makes him jump. But you see he's like controlling him yeah, with yeah. Like, the glove. You know, it was a it was a, it was a good image. Huh. Uh, Scarecrow. We're back to Gavin. This is Gavin. Scarecrows, 1989, a rare film that is both super gory and scary. 
That's interesting. I wonder if gore does take away from scare. I think it does because it kind of you kind of. It's have a to, different part of your brain. You have to give up. You have to give up on atmosphere in order to have a lot yeah, of gore. Yeah, I think so. I think we. I think we did sacrifice a lot of scary for gore uh, in the eighties. Hijacked uh, plane of robbers comes across a field of satanic scarecrows, <laughs> perfectly capable of ripping out the brains they want. Oh, okay, cool. It's it a good uh, supernatural episode with scarecrow, the big scarecrow. Hmm. And good Doctor Who episode as well. Uh, retrib- oh, yeah. Yeah, Retribution, 1987. Dennis uh, Lipscomb as a suicidal artist possessed by a murdered mob thug. Again, super gory, but Lipscomb, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, makes it super creepy. The final shot uses a simple but very effective a monster eyes reveal that may be the scariest thing about contact lenses. Save their price. There's also uh, <laughs> people that like leave them in for a month. That's also terrifying to me. That's fine. I know. You used to do that. That just like, oh, so deserves me to this day. <laughs> I think you still got them in your eyes. You don't know. Uh, I Madman, melted. a.k.a. Hardcover, the tale of a bibliophile stalked by a psychotic killer that crosses into reality from the book she is reading. William Randall Cook is terrifying as the disfigured semi-fictional Madman. Cook, a visual FX artist, also did the matte paintings for Carpenter's The Thing. Oh. Who rebuffed for being ugly cuts off his own face and goes around getting better parts from prettier people. Hey, it worked for Zac Efron. Oh, there you go. Here's Reminds a, me of uh, what is it? Uh, the Mummy? No, Lee's uh, Le, Le, Le Visage Sans You, something like that. Eyes Without a Face. The oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The French film. Yep. That's that's a scary one. Here's a again. More, I was I was like more bring, creepy bringing this up with the remake of the Mummy. The uh, yeah, Brandon Brandon Fraser version where the mummy uh, comes back to life but has to get body parts uh, from people, yeah, and then ends up like the final uh, body part he gets are the eyes of this uh, one guy, but he gets the eyes from the one guy wearing glasses. Yeah, so it's just like okay, so I guess the mummy can't see through the whole thing because he's not wearing glasses. So it's like, is that why the mummy's so bad at everything he does? He's yeah. like, he's just going, I can't see you, and I'm what? not wearing glasses. Because if you saw the mummy and he had a pair of glasses on, you'd be ha ha, <laughs> laughing at the nerd mummy. Nerd. Um, or they didn't have uh, spectacles back in the mummy's day, so he would. Wouldn't even know he wouldn't even know yeah. he wouldn't even know he wouldn't, wouldn't know like there's a thing on. i could put on my yeah, face yeah. and fix this he wouldn't know some just at the optometrist better like this better like this <laughs> okay good <laughs> scared to death 1981 the charming tale of a killer genetically engineered mo- oh, of a killer genetically engineered monster that lives in the sewers and kills people for their spinal fluid uh, which makes it better than a Capri Sun. Uh, the creature's heat exchange system makes it constantly emit a high-pitched whistle, which is very eerie. Sounds like the tea's ready. And it features a terrifying encounter between a roller skater in an underground parking garage and the creature, which put me off roller skates for several months in the late 80s when I saw it. That's probably for the best. Probably for the best. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gavin. Uh, yes, thank you, Gavin. Ed Dragansky says, I am much of a fan, as much of a fan as I am of the 1939 Wizard of Oz. I was terrified of the talking apple trees as a small child. Mm. I'd like someone to take a piece off of you. <laughs> um, a branch from one of the trees in our yard snagged my jacket. When I was about five, I removed myself from the jacket in about half a second and ran inside thinking it was one of those goddamn talking apple trees. As disturbing as it all was, it was fun to watch uh, late-night horror TV as a kid. The one that sticks out most in my mind is 1975's Race with the Devil with Peter Fonda, Loretta Swit, Warren Oates, and Laura Parker. The two couples, 
on a road uh, trip in their RV are chased by Satan worshippers wherever they go. But it was the ending that put a fork in this one. The two couples think they're free and clear of the satanic hordes chasing them through the film and find an abandoned clearing in a forest. The film ends with all the Satan worshippers walking around, from, uh, walking out from the forest, circling their RV. Then a huge circle of fire surrounds the RV. The end. Yeah. It also didn't help that the film takes place all over Texas, not that far from me. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, as a kid, like seeing the publicity for that movie and thinking, "Oh, that sounds sounds great." I did see it later. It's it's okay. I watched a movie. I'll get back to Ed's uh, thing, but it's my podcast. So what are you gonna do? Um, <laughs> yeah, Ed. When I was at when I was a kid, uh, and I think I was homesick and watched like the noon movie, and it was after Rosemary's Baby was a big hit and yeah, yeah. films, and it was called The Devil's Daughter. Okay, and it was uh, it was a film where. There was this woman who was uh, apparently the daughter of the devil. And so all these devil worshippers, including Abe Vigoda, would always uh, follow her. And I think it was um, – uh, who's who's uh, the woman from uh, Poseidon Adventure? Shelley uh, Winters? Shelley Winters, okay. I think, was her was her mom. And uh, and uh, they would all like surround her and like, Hail Diane, Princess of Darkness. Hail Diane, Princess of Darkness. And she eventually uh, – ditches them all and it looks like she's won and she's found a nice guy and she goes to his church to get married and uh and then uh notices i think like that the devil worshipers are there it's like what and then she looks behind her and uh up on uh you know where uh christ should be yeah it's the devil oh. and he's like sitting uh, there and he looks like the devil from the caramel ad and then she's like so terrified so she turns to her husband and looks at her husband and his eyes are replaced with static huh. gray static that yeah. just goes huh. and they're all hail diane princess of darkness hail diane the end and it was the first movie i'd ever seen with a sad ending or a yeah. twist ending yeah, or a yeah. scary ending yeah and i was like this ain't right <laughs> this ain't right and it messed me up bad it didn't solve the problem no not at all uh a pagoda so uh still terrified of Abe Vigoda after that when I was like watching like fish and stuff. Yeah. I was like, ah! <laughs> uh, back to Ed's uh, letter. Sheer horror at the theater as a teenager. 1986's The Hitcher. Oh, yeah. Uh, scared me so bad at the theater. I was terrified to get in my car after the film for fear uh, Rudger Hauer would be in the back seat. He passed away about two months ago, so I guess it's okay to get into my car now. That is a rookie mistake. Did you yeah, have you seen the body? Yeah, have you seen the body? But no, really, have you seen the movie The Body? Because go watch the movie The Body, then come. Okay. Stressful white knuckled. It's, it's not called The Body. It's called Stand by Me. Bang! Got him, everyone. Yep, over here. I'm right. I'm trying to read uh, Ed's uh, thing. <laughs> Stressful white knuckled panic. Ben Affleck's Argo. Puts me on the edge of my seat every time I watch it. Yeah, I'll give you that. Even though it was based on a true occurrence that ended well, I can't help but wonder uh, what would have happened if they didn't make it off that runway at the end. I get sweaty palms just thinking about it. Let me tell you, if you want an antidote to that, or an antidote, antidote, anecdote about it, then the fella who you know helped rescue the hostages, I forget what his actual name was. Ken, Ken something. Ken Kenson. Ken Kenson. If you watch, there's a, an old SCTV. Ken Kennington. There's an old SCTV episode where uh, Martin Short plays him. And it's like, hi, I'm Ken Kenson. I was the guy who, you know, rescued those hostages. And it goes on into something. And I forget what it was, but what the rest of the sketch was. But it was just like, just so just so humble braggy about yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm the guy that rescued those hostages anyway. <laughs> and he did a great job on that. A Canadian, uh, everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, we all knew that story. Oh, oh boy, we all we dined ever... out on that story. We knew it for a long time. Oh my yeah. gosh! Once a Canadian does anything, <laughs> got a Canadian. Holy moly! Let's be let's be nice. Let's be let's uh, hey, let's just say one thing though. In other places, if someone does something, Donald Sutherland, everyone yeah, everyone puts them down and gets mad at them. Here in Canada, we're proud when our. What whoever does something? What is it? Donald Sutherland's was it his uncle that uh, brought us Tommy healthcare? Douglas. Tommy Douglas wasn't his uncle. It was his would have been his father-in-law. Father-in-law yeah. Tommy Douglas got his health care. Kiefer Don- Ke- Sutherland's grandfather. There you are. Perfect. Um, nice. Uh, so uh, loved your take on Warren's uh, cult website. Poking fun at those shills is like shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, they have that haunted fish in a barrel yeah, that you can right. shoot at if you want. Yeah. For the Warren uh, banquet, how about Hungarian? Okay, right, I got to do this joke. Sorry. Uh, for the Warren banquet, how about Hungarian goulash? Ah, there you go. All right, nice. I'm just going to take that and I'm going to mail that to Sven Gulli. Give me $25 <laughs> for that. And you gave it away. You gave away $25. I did. I actually am in touch with that guy every so often. Oh, okay. He's quite nice. All right. It's weird. I worked on a thing for Mad Magazine. I had a, he's Oh, that's nice. right. That's right. He's, he's a very nice guy. He's actually he's doing a big thing with uh, DC Comics in the next couple of months. Huh. Um, Good for him. Ian, that's me. I'm going to take your recommendation on Red Dwarf uh, time travel episode. I believe it was called Tikka to Ride because they were looking for like some uh, Tikka Masala. Chicken Tikka. Tikka Tikka Masala, which I believe we we had something similar to that last week. I had Chicken Tikka, yeah. Very nice. One of my closest friends was a fan of the show along with Blake Seven. Dave got me all those episodes. I've still got to watch them. <laughs> I'll, I'll look it up, a, so it's a long, watch long, it, long road. and uh, report back. <laughs> very good. Good. <clears throat> good. Uh, my Pennywise illustration actually turned out very well in retrospect. Oh. I think I did. This is the answer to my question. Quite a job with it. And my friend was very happy with it. Uh, somewhere I think I have a photo of it. This was before color copies were available, and all I have is the photo. I have to dig it up and post it. Please do. We'll put it up yeah, on our site. We'd like to see that. Uh, peanut Duck is still in the making. I want a Peanut Duck shirt. Let me just say that right now. Well, see what I want we can a do. Peanut Duck shirt. <laughs> okay. I want him. Uh, I want him to look perfect for David and Mary. Thank you. Thank you. I had that. to emphasize uh, empathize with David when he noted how busy he's been. The same can be said for me lately. I will complete Peanut Duck before long. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. And you can call me Ed, Eddie, or Edward, but in any order. Uh, never been referred to as Teddy though. I almost wrote for Ed, Ed, and Eddie the TV show okay. back in the day. Yeah, had another thing, and I said yes to that, and then it got canceled. So I didn't. Uh, nothing ended up happening with that. Then Ed, Ed, and Eddie ran for many seasons yes, successfully. That's right. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Ed, and thank you so much, Gavin. Now that those were both posted on our uh, SneakyDragon dot com page. Yes, but other people took other options. What What did they do, Dave? Well, they. Emailed us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Oh, very good. And these were not. Let's throw those out because we don't care about those. Because it's just emails. <laughs> these were entries for what is an ongoing thing that we're doing right now. And it's going to go on for another week, everyone. Next okay. week, we're going to call it, call it into this. This is describe our show. Right. In 30 words or less. Right. As, or more. As if you were or the telling amount. a friend okay. or mortal enemy ah. about our show. Very good. So uh, this is from. Do you hear me unwrapping a candy while you're doing this? Because I think I have enough time to eat a candy while you do this bit. Uh-oh. Ian. What's that name? <laughs> I just have a question for you before I... Okay, what's up? That's no, fine. Chew away one of a bit. <laughs> I wish I could have understood you. This is perfect for me. So this is from, from Audie Feldgeier. I'm sorry, Audie. You, you were kind enough to give a, a phonetic 
phonetic pronunciation of your first name, but not your last name. So I'm hoping that I said it right there. Adi Felgeier. He says, first, a preface. I love your show and have listened to every episode, but I tell people, uh-oh, it's a show, <laughs> it's a show about two doofs talking about nothing, kind of like Seinfeld. I've actually said this to several friends. Hmm. And yet, did you convince them to listen to the show from that description, Adi? Yeah, I convinced me to listen to the yeah, show. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think Legally, that's... Legally, I have to. <laughs> no, thank you very much. That's great. I'm glad that... Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you've listened to every episode. Yep. That is a lot of episodes. I have listened to every episode. Ian hasn't. Nope. And I don't don't blame him at all. All right. So the next next letter is from Dylan O'Connell, writing to us all the way from Australia. So I'm glad he sent it by email and not by snail mail, Mm -hmm. because we would get it next year. He said, hi, guys. Hi. I I know you said 30 words or less. Uh Uh-oh. But if brevity is the soul of wit, consider me soulless and or witless. I came up with this bit of doggerel during a sleepy Friday afternoon at work. Hope you like it. Please note that all eight stanzas, stanzas are 30 words or less. Also, please apologize to both Mary and Eve for the word their pseudonyms were rhymed with. But once I thought of that one, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Some of the references go back a few years, but then again, so do I. If the sim reference is too obscure... <laughs> oh, it's never obscure, Dylan, never obscure. I considered Gameshi and Trump, but somehow neither seem right. Maybe you could regard... Any one stanza you like as my entry for the competition. I have applied for, but not yet received my poetic license. All right. So he says, cheers, Dylan. Then he says, ahem, the Ballad of Sneaky Dragon. Okay, here we go. Sneaky Dragon's lair, if enter you dare, is home to two friends talking. A cozy affair with an hour or two spare. You can eavesdrop each week. It's like stalking. Ian and Dave are occasionally grave, but generally having a laugh. Chickens they save, but deck talks my fave. That can run to an hour and a half. All are in tears of worry and fears, with woes of renovictions and cats. We reserve our jeers, our disdain, our sneers, for day sim and similar prats. We thrill to discourse of the Dedrick's horse, ridden by Millis and Phyllis, and fret on the course wow. of Dave's weeping sores, which are breeding some kind of bacillus. <laughs> Their former friends are dear, because they're all top tier. They fill up the dragon's arena. Jason and Lisa, Vicky Van and Pia, and of course, the third dragon, Nina. Dad jokes are herein, but that is no sin. For listening parties, full marks. They're also in kitchen and fan-splitting Tintin. Great ideas they throw off like sparks. They've truly no equals discussing the Beatles, John, Paul, George, even Ringo. For download retrievals, we're on pins and needles. They're the best of this podcasting thingo. They come from Vancouver, and you'll soon discover... <laughs> <laughs> you should hitch their star to your wagon. The perfect maneuver, a weekend improver, the crew we call Sneaky Dragon. That's very nice. Oh, it brings tears to my eyes. Thank you very much. That's really good. So Then he says, oh, just one more thing. Oh, crap. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Had a moment of panic after sending my email that you might not remember. Just to clarify, a year or so ago, Dave hurt his leg at work and wouldn't go to the doctor with it. That's correct. That doesn't sound like me. So seeping leg wound became a thing on the show for a while, just yep. in case you were wondering what the hell I, I was on about. And he says, as you were, Dylan. Yep. Thank you, Dylan. We remembered that. We, yep. we remembered no relation that. to the new uh, Stephen King uh, movie, Dr. Seep. Dr. About Seep. another guy who will not treat a seeping uh, <laughs> leg, leg wound. No, uh, why sequel I? to the uh, movie The Shiner, where a guy wouldn't have his black <laughs> eye treated. And then finally, Gavin 
wrote to us via email. Okay. Did this come before or after? Our, I think he came out at the same time. I think he emailed one and he... Do you think he wrote things both at the same time? Well, I just mean in, consecutively or okay, within within enough. minutes of each other. Very good. He says, this is... Uh, this is uh, from him. This is his hilarious geek pop culture and comic comic book talk punctuated by occasional baffling God-bothering. <laughs> there we go. I think that's pretty accurate. Yep. I don't know. Am I bothering God by talking? I don't know. I, I don't Sorry. think it's bothering God. Speaking of bothering people, uh, bothering, who don't want to hear it's about God. bothering Gavin. Now, <laughs> That's Dave, for sure. Um, Speaking of that, uh, uh, yeah, let me lead you into this. Well, no, just one, just one more thing. Oh, oh, okay, please. Okay, no, we'll talk about that after. You, you lead in. Oh, okay. No, you, you, you have your thing. You want to talk about? No, no, it's uh, fine. God. It's, what, what it's, about what's happening? With no, God? nothing with God. It's, it's, it, it'll be better at the end of the show. Oh, okay, very good. Now, Dave, uh, mm-hmm. we haven't uh, had chick talk in a while. Uh, we have not. We have, we have not mentioned. had chick talk in yeah. a while. And some people sometimes bring it up and go like, hey, what's up with the chick talk now? Sure. Of course, uh, last we heard, you had two chickens. One chicken yep. you were not sure was a male or a female. Yep. And so whether you would keep it or not was going to be determined when you would finally guess the sex. Sure. So you've been subtly leaving things around uh, <laughs> to try and guess what sex is. As That's if, right. as, as if you were an old Saturday Night Live, yeah. it's Pat. Yeah. Uh, sketch yeah. and uh, clues and just like you go, hey fella, and you're waiting for the chicken to turn and it doesn't turn. And it's like, yeah, maybe it just doesn't want to be addressed as well. Well, I'm glad you brought this up because I don't know if you noticed earlier that I parked a Hindenburg-sized blimp above the house here, okay. which I'm going to explode for our gender reveal party. <laughs> okay, so it's full of hydrogen, and I think nothing could go wrong with this. It's the size of a skyscraper, and like most gender reveal parties, stretching across this neighborhood. If it's the wrong kind, you will then eat the baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. Well, that's great, but let's before we do that, let's do our uh, theme for the show. Here, okay. TikTok, ready? Here we go. TikTok. Very good. So uh, glad you remember that after so, it's been a while. Not, not hard to remember. <laughs> so yes, we got two chickens, uh, aka the savages, right. who have come into our come into our lives, and uh, they started off as little yellow chicks. Right. They have now grown up into brown hens. Okay. So everyone will be happy to hear that they are both hens. Ah, so you neither can have them. the neither have the the signature crest, you know, the uh, the comb that a rooster right. grows. And so, yeah, they're both hens, and so we can keep them both. That's great. And we they do have names. One is called Biggie Smalls, and the other one I can't remember. I can't remember the name of that. But, okay, but what's now, funny did is you that you name the one that you didn't know the sex of, or did you name the other one first? We named them, but we named them both the same okay. time. Biggie Smalls was the bigger one, and that's the one we thought might be a rooster. Mm-hmm. But both the hens are the same size now, so the other one caught up to, to Biggie. But I can't remember that one's name. So if a um, chicken called Tupac shows up, <laughs> there might, be some, there might yes. be some uh, rivalry yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. Yes. By the way, Tupac could be the other chicken. Yeah, yeah. It would be pretty adorable. Well, it was okay when the notorious EGG showed up. That was okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's. I think that the East Coast, West Coast thing is going to be just fine. Anyway. So, so yeah, they're kind of sizable, and they're totally different than our previous chickens, though. Like, our previous chickens, to recap for people who maybe not weren't listening to the show in the old mm-hmm. days, during the chick-talk time, we did we had two chickens. We had Noisy, who was a chicken that was, uh, was repre- got reprieve, and the, the governor phoned and, uh, and had them turn off the, uh, turn, off the, the electric cha- t- turn off the electric chair. Yeah. And so, because she had, had enough personality... That she kind of wormed her way into the hearts and minds of my daughter and mm. her friend at camp who had brought chickens there and raised them with the intention of slaughtering them for food, which they did to most of the chickens. They slaughtered, I think they had 18 and they slaughtered 15 of them and they left three. Okay. 
so they would make more. No, I don't think that's why. They just, I think they just kind of when it's a lot of work. It's yeah. also gr- gruesome, and uh, plucking is really awful. And I think they just kind of got tired of it. And also the the ones they left alive were ones that had personalities that it kind of they got names, and so they you know once you name an animal, it's really hard to yeah. eat them. And so what happened was when Mary left camp, she took Noisy with her because Noisy was her chicken. So Noisy came to our place. Okay. So we had Noisy there. And so... You built a home for Noisy. I built a little home for Noisy. I built... Because you can't have the chicken indoors. No. You're, well, you wouldn't want to. They, they just poo everywhere. Yeah. Well, same with us. But we use a toilet. So we Yeah, but chickens don't. They just poo everywhere. Make a tiny toilet for it. Yeah. Uh, so then... Chicken poop. Or... So we... Yeah. So then we had... We had Noisy for a while. And then we... We got a call from the place where Mary worked, the camp where Mary had worked before, saying that they had a chicken who was was being bullied by the other chickens because this chicken had Rynek, mm. which is a which is like a neurological disorder or a or a, some sort of vitamin vitamin disorder that chickens can get where they can't hold their head up properly and then it just kind of dips down, falls to the ground basically, and then they they get scared and they go backwards because they they go in the direction their eyes are looking, oh, okay. and then they walk into things. It's a real mess. So then. So then we had two chickens. We had Noisy, who was a former broiler hen, who was enormous. She was like the size of a yoga ball. Okay. And then we had um, Lion Queen was her name. We called her Queen here, baby. And she had to be hand-fed because she couldn't feed, eat, eat very well because she couldn't keep her head up. And so, so they were quite the gaggle, quite the, quite the pair. But both of them were pretty useless. Noisy was too big to do anything. And Queenie was too inept to do anything. And so that was that. So now we have these two new ones who are everywhere. They, they got out one day. They were on a, their front stoop hanging out there. Wow. Yeah. I have no idea how they did it. Then they'll like occasionally like fly up onto like f- high things. And when you come in, then they flap down and they come racing towards you because they, you know, they're like, oh, food. And so they come tearing towards you. And they, they, but they kind of fly towards you like, what, what's going on here? I'm not used to this. My other chickens, they were like upside down somewhere. You guys are active. So, you, other, so you broke their wings. And <laughs> no, they're fine. And the other thing they like to do, well... Like with Queenie, I trained her to go to go to bed. Like she would just go into her house when it got dark and she would go in there and then I would come and close the door. These guys, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're we're a couple of cool savages. We don't need we don't go in a coops. Don't coop us up, they say. So they like to like roost on our steps going up to our deck. They'll just be sitting there. And if I let them, they would just stay there all night. They seriously would. Even if it's really cold out, they just kinda of get bunched together and they're just fine. Yeah. So last night I was uh, inside the shop slash studio coloring. And then I heard this enormous squawking going on. And so I jumped up, ran outside. Well, at first I saved the drawing. No, no. I jumped up, ran outside, and there was a raccoon attacking the chickens. There was, there was a raccoon, and he had, like, his his mitts around the chicken who was, like, trying to get away. And I was, like, I just went outside, and I just started yelling. I was, like, hey, you raccoon, get out of here. Go. Get. And he looked at me, and he, like, he had first, you know, you know animals were first response. It's kind of, like, fuck you. Yeah. You can see in their face, Why are you right? involved in this? Yeah, you have nothing business. to do. This is none of you. I'm like, get out of here. Go away. Go away. And so then he like he like fled up the steps and then went onto the deck, which is a dead end. So I was like, oh, he's going to come back. But the, then um, the, ch- the chicken who had been attacked, that she had just once she once he dis- once he let go of her, she just like zoomed off and went and hid behind this old I should say old, but this tire we have in her backyard by right. where we keep Lisa's car, Lisa's old muscle car. And uh, so she disappeared behind there. 
So I was like, oh, okay. So I know where she is. So then the raccoon came back down and I was like, get out of your raccoon. And I was just shooing him away. And then he like walked along our fence line and then climbed up in the tree. And I was like, go away. And then I got my phone. I had my phone. So then I was using the flashlight to like shine it at him. And I drove him away. So then I went and got the chicken out from behind the tire. And uh, she ran away from me. I'm like, I'm just trying to help. Yeah. I'm not a raccoon. Well, because you wear that domino mask when you draw. That's the problem. I should have taken that off. And, your coon's and also, my, my coon's going to cap on my and the tail that I yeah. I naturally have a tail anyway. So and then, you yell, "I'm a raccoon." <laughs> that's, the that's the other problem. Too, my, problem. It's a speech impediment I have. Yeah. yeah. And so then uh, I picked her up, put her into the coop, and then and then I went back and I was looking for the other chicken because now I'm thinking, well, where's where's number two? So I'm look, looking around and I was Uh-oh. thinking, yeah, I was thinking that she, she's probably dead. The raccoon, yeah. you know, mangled her up, and she's just laying down below. So I'm looking around, couldn't couldn't see her though. So then I was searching to see if she like hid somewhere, couldn't find her. Went up and looked on the deck, not there. Went along the side of the the house and looked there. Then I went up on the deck and then I looked down around it to see if she'd like gone up and then fallen down somewhere. So then I kind of started searching the yard and I went around and and I was just looking behind things and in things because. And so what she, but what I found her and what she'd done is come zipping down the stairs and had gone around the corner of, of our, we have a little lean-to shed and it hidden behind a barrel there. Ah. And so I went along and I was still kind of frightened because I wasn't sure like the shape. Uh, so I kind of like poked her with my foot, but then she just went, pop, 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 and I went oh, okay, you're fine. Oh, good, good. good, good. So good. I picked her up and I put her inside and I uh, got them some food. And then uh, when I led them up this morning, they looked, they both looked good. They didn't look okay, any the worse for wear. There were some feathers all over the steps and stuff sure, like that, but. Yeah. But every other way, they're fine. So I'm glad. So anyway, I've learned that um, there are some dangerous predators in the neighborhood. Sure. So once once it gets kind of dark out, because obviously raccoons are nocturnal. They don't come out yeah. during the day. I'll just put, put them do away. Do you have coyotes in your neighborhood? We don't have coyotes. I mean, we probably do have coyotes because we live a very, near a very large, like hundreds of acres of woodlands we yeah. live near, but the military lands. But um, I'm quite certain that – and sometimes you do hear them doing their, their call thing, but not very often. Um but we do have like bobcats are in there and stuff like that. And uh, have you ever seen a bobcat in your neighborhood? I have not. My friend did though when he's driving at night, uh, mm-hmm. or no, sorry, during the winter or during, in the snow. I uh, was driving on the street and uh, in the snow, and this bobcat loped across the road in front of like you know fifty yards in front oh, of him. Wow! And yeah, and there's beavers there as well. So and deer, of course, and rabbits and all the rest of it. So it's you know it's got got the got everything. But then we just have to be careful because I think they were a little shaken by it too. Like they seem pretty wary coming out of their yeah. Out of the the coop this, this morning. This is their first exposure to that kind of thing. I, they didn't yeah, know these things existed. Exactly. They were like they're cock of the walk, and now they're not. Yeah, it's like oh, monsters. Okay, I didn't mm-hmm. know those existed. Hey, dad. Hey, dad. <laughs> monsters. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, from now on, I'll as soon as soon as it gets dark out, I'll just pick them up, and despite the fact that they will not like me picking them up to put them inside the 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 run, they'll get used to it. Yeah, it'll become routine, yeah. and then they'll be all right with it. Well, good on you for being a uh, chicken rescuer. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to them laying eggs. I, I can't wait till that's mm. a, a thing. I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do an addition to the the, the coop because I want to put a little area where they can they can roost, but also their eggs can go down into a. So uh, when area. would they be uh, starting? Laying I'm not eggs? too sure. I was gonna look that up, and then I forgot to. Okay. I was thinking about it today. Actually, I was thinking when. Look it up. You're you're right by my computer. All right. What do you want to know? To say what. Uh, when does it? What age does a hen uh, start laying? Okay. I am curious. Very good. I will. I will tell you. Uh, six months. Oh, so we're past that point. Yep. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, breeds like uh, 
uh, Leghorns and uh, Golden Comets and Sex Links. Well, that's not right. We'll, <laughs> we'll start laying as soon as 16 to 18 weeks. That feels like someone's uh, been messing but, with that Wikipedia but larger, page. larger, heavier breeds, yeah. like Plymouth Rocks, uh, will lay anywhere from six to eight months. Okay. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Well, it might just be that we don't have it set up properly for laying, so I'm going to have to um, do a little research and, and get it, get sure. it going. Do you, so do you have Sex Links? Do you have any Sex Links? Let's not sex get personal. Links. Okay. What the hell? How could you even look that up? So say you have chickens that are sex links. Yeah. You're going to like Google that? Google What's it. going to come up? Put it, put sex links and then get images. All right. Sure thing. Do sex links. Let's see. I want to see the first part where, uh, okay, now I'm, going to, now I'm going to do images. Yeah. Chickens are the first thing to come up. <laughs> see? It's all chickens. Oh, wait. Sorry. That's very much like ours there. That yeah, brown there we one. go. Yeah, it's all chickens. Hmm. That's good for me. I'll take some pictures of them and I'll post it on the, sh- on the show if I remember. Please do. Uh, I will remember because I'm listening to the show right now. And again, it, congr- congratulations it. to you for being a hero to the chickens. <laughs> um, now, what was this other thing you wanted to uh, bring up? You wanted to bring oh, up? well, this, the uh, God bothering made me, reminded me that I was just a guest on Talking Simpsons. Ah. For, uh, for an our episode. Friend, uh, Bob Mackey has Bob been Mackey? on our show twice. Yeah, former friend of the show, Bob Mackey. He's been here a couple times. Who just, uh, just posted a thing uh, as, as we're recording this. Of his adventures with our uh, third dragon yeah. uh, and friend Nina Matsumoto, where they went to see a Simpsons uh, live reading. Yeah, amazing. with uh, Henry from uh, from uh, the Talking Simpsons podcast. Yeah. So yeah. what what episode can you say what uh, what you were talking about? I I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. All right, very good. But I was on the show, so I will let you know as we get closer. But you mentioned before, like speaking of God bothering, I was. Uh, uh, yeah, it has something to do with some. There's some. There's some godliness involved in All it. All right, very good. I was able to throw down some theology. So we'll, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Patreon member of, uh, of there, so I'll get it a week early. I shouldn't say theology, more like Bible history. Okay. Oh, now we're really like laying it out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I will get it a week early and listen to that and I'll let you know how you, how you did. I'll give you oh, some, yeah. uh, some hopefully, harsh criticism. Hopefully they edit me out no, and that'll be perfect. I think that'll be good. It's, very, it's a very good show. It's very enjoyable. Hey, speaking of Patreon, we, we have Patreon. Oh. We do Patreon. We be yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Uh, if you feel like uh, becoming feel like patronizing a, a, pat- yeah, a patron uh, of ours, uh, there's a link at the sneakydragon.com page. You can do that. Or you can go to this uh, Patreon app on your uh, device and enter Sneaky Dragon and, uh, and you know, feel like giving us, you know, like a little uh, chuck a change uh, a month, uh, a little something. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, you know, all that. Uh, we'll just keep going. We will keep doing these shows. Yeah. Shows like uh, this one or Fansplainers, our sure. movie uh, deep dive show. Or... Uh, something like uh, the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, or mm. past shows like Completely Beatles, or uh, others like Full Marks, et or L. Totally Tintin. You just say at L. At all. Is it at all? At all? I don't know. Yeah. I've got no idea. Because at Elia is the full. Uh, it could, could be at Elia. I don't but know. But please do uh, give that a listen. Now, uh, for our questions of the week. Questions. Oh yeah, we didn't week. even think about that. Uh, is there? Uh, no, we're not doing. We're not doing a. Uh, uh, you know, I, I plug for oh, Disney Plus. But I want to make one oh, thing. Bring one more thing, but you can. I'll just say uh, one of our questions would be: uh, Have you got uh, the Disney Plus? It's okay if you don't, but if you do, uh, what's something you're gonna? Uh, or if you watch? did, or if you did, what's what's like an obscure maybe uh, movie from your past or TV series that you'd be down with watching? Yeah, that you want to catch up on. Yeah. So one old, one of those. Older, one new. question. Okay, but go ahead. My daughter Eve has been catching up on old like uh, Family Channel movies that she loved as a as a as a tweener and she's supposed to be studying for school but instead oh. she's been watching and i understand and i have tempting. a second question is that cool to do or do you have okay a second one? my second question is have you ever rescued an animal and uh, tell us a story about that a oh, time okay. that you have 
seen an animal in danger and rescued an animal. Of course, my story is went out onto my porch. Uh, my cat, Kenzie, was surrounded by five squirrels. And uh, I went out there and said, hey, to the squirrels. <laughs> yeah. And the squirrels all looked at me and did nothing. Yeah. And I went, uh, oh. They gave you the fuck you. Look. I don't know what to do now mm. because that's all I've got. Yeah. And uh, and again, I, as I've said before, I thought, is this the day the revolution comes? <laughs> and uh, then I went, no, I've got this power. And I clapped my hands loudly. Yeah. And uh, the squirrels went a scampering. So uh, again, the word hero is thrown around maybe a little loosely. <laughs> but did you ever uh, save an animal in some way? Okay, that's good. That's and it's good not just him. going to the restaurant and not choosing the lobster mm, in the Okay, tank. yeah, that's not. That's just, not enough. That's not the same at all. That's not enough. So that and something that you would uh, want to check out on a disney thing that's uh, an old obscure i thing. think we have some listeners whose whose job it is to save animals so oh that's true Hopefully oh we'll by hear. the way am i the disney thing that i would like to check out probably next is uh dad can i borrow the car mm, is it on there i i'm gonna hope gonna so check. we'll see uh i was just gonna say because you said you said um one of the questions we didn't get an answer for it which is too bad but let's just people just remember that our questions are open-ended they're not limited to a week you can answer any of our questions anytime you feel sure. like it because I know sometimes you're busy or that you can't think of something and maybe it'll pop into your head later. But I just wanted to say that movies for me that were overwhelmed mm. by an element of the film. One would be that I always think of as train spotting, which is the death of the baby in the film. Which I always I understand thematically that it's an important part of the film, but the why why it bothers me one was when I saw it as a I was a, a young parent. Yeah, so that's well, hard. People I know that are parents can't stand that. Yeah. Story. But also I feel like it changes your view of the characters. Up to that point, they're this, and after that, they're baby killers. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to come back from for any person. You know, you can you can deal with characters who are drug dealers. You can deal with characters who are thieves. You know, those are all parts of you know, their habits and you know the fact that they're addicts and stuff like that. But the neglectful death of a of a child is super hard for a character to come back from. And I just found like from that point on, the movie it was just a pall. It was like it just had gone from color to gray. Right. And it just I didn't even wasn't even like barely watching it after that. I just kind of sat through the rest of the film. And in fact, when we when it happened in the movie, Lisa and I were watching it together. We had to pause the the player and go upstairs and and uh, check on our check on Mary just to you know make sure. Okay. Yeah. First, we're good parents. Phew. Okay. We're not these uh, these monsters. I went downstairs and then you did some crack and then. <laughs> the other film, and we talked about this last week, but I'll talk about it on air, is the movie Full Metal Jacket. Okay. And my my feeling about that movie is that the film is overwhelmed by its center part of the film, where Vincent D'Onofrio's character uh, goes insane and murders the drill instructor and then kills himself. Okay. And that's like the capper of that sequence of the Paris Island training sequence of the film. And then we go from there to the Vietnam sequence. And the Vietnam sequence is really weak soup after that, after the basic training sequence to me. It in no way has the same impact as Arlie Ermey yelling at someone for, uh, you know, 45 minutes. Like that, that, that part, that part of the movie really stands out. So to the point where he's played that role over and over yeah, and over yeah. again. It was his job anyway. So he just was yeah. doing his job. But, but yeah, he was, I guess, cause he wasn't actually cast for that part. What? what? He, he was a, he was there as a consultant. Oh, and they had an actual actor to do that part. But then when he was demonstrating it, uh, Kubrick liked him so much that he let the other actor go and he put put Hermie in the place. But what I think the movie should do is it should open with a Vietnam sequence. So it should open with the introduction. It would have to do a bit of a rewrite because you'd need to introduce some of the characters a little bit, like Joker okay. and stuff like that. But it does do that anyway. It you know it opens with a scene of Joker coming to the camp, the encampment, uh, and meeting some of his former. Uh, you know, some of the former basic training 
people who are soldiers. He's a journalist, basically working for Stars and Stripes, whatever. And then he ends up kind of being embedded with them and then going out on, on in, into the field and then ending up with a sniper, et cetera, et cetera. So I think the movie would be more interesting to start there and with them, you know, killing the, killing the sniper in a really brutal way. And then, then, then we answer the question, how did they get there? Like, how did they get to the point where these young people could just kill someone in cold blood? Right. Even, even though they're injured on the ground and still alive and not a threat to them, they still kill, kill this person, this, this woman. So how do they get there? And then we go from that. And then the movie ends with, with the death of Vincent D'Onofrio's character. And then we know where they go from there. We know why, why they are what they're like. And I think that would be a better, better arc yeah. for the film. Because the way it is now, it's so overweighted by the middle portion of the movie that it never recovers from that. For me, anyway. When I saw it, I wasn't a big fan of the movie. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, uh, later, so, later so on. You know what? Uh, later on, uh, I, I've got another question. Uh, but uh, we can't do three questions. We could three questions this time. It's insane. First of all, are you gonna watch anything on Disney? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's a lame question, but uh, we'll do that. Uh, question question number two was uh, another thing. What was it? What was the second question? We don't remember. Uh, animal you saved. Animal you saved. Third question. Fix a movie. Fix a movie. Fix a movie. You just oh, fixed a movie. So okay. Fix a movie. Well, uh, fix it, in my opinion. There you are. All right. Okay. Fix, fix a movie. So uh, those are the three things. If you want to uh, respond to any of those things, go to sneakydragon.com. That's our website. That's where the episodes are. Uh, and underneath there's message board uh, things underneath every episode. Boom. There. Uh, do that. Or go to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com on your local email, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, and just write us. Also, uh, sneaky underscore dragon on Twitter and or uh, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Those are your options. Uh, Dave's ears are hot. Uh, he's been uh, yeah. I've been wearing I've been wearing earphones for two podcasts. So yeah, it's, uh, it's get it's rid of those things. Uh, yeah, make sure to check out uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party and also the Fan Splainers, our two other podcasts. Again, if you want to uh, donate to our Patreon, uh, you can find the button on our website and or just go to Patreon, uh, the app, and uh, enter Sneaky Dragon. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Ian Boothby and I've been David Dedrick, and uh, we'll be back in the future. Bye. And. I got nothing. You got nothing. You got some Starburst. Oh, I got some Starburst. Glasses are so dirty. They're like sunglasses. <laughs> Who said that? You, just now. Oh, I couldn't see myself.